Consist of that. I, that <laughs> and I how can I harness that? Yeah, yeah. How can I, how can I recreate this every time I have to shit? Uh, <laughs> just, just, just clean break syndrome. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. Taking your dog out to the bathroom and while you're like, how do you do that? And you never have to wipe. Yeah, dude, it's weird. Um, so I, I have a new favorite thing that I've been doing to try to sp- try to spread a little bit of positivity in the world. Okay. Uh, okay. With with, with with our masks, right? With our masks on, people can't see most of our face. All they can see is our eyes, right? So they can't really distinguish what we look like at all. Okay. Uh, so whenever I do something like hold a door open for somebody or, or just something like something that's so stupid and, and just c- like common courtesy and they say thank you, I say you're welcome back, but I say it in a foreign accent, like like something that's completely <laughs> complete, like 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 maybe like a little little Ukrainian accent, like my attempt at it, uh, okay. you know, like maybe a little a little bit of a British like it. Oh, you're welcome. Cheers, Mike. love. Yeah. Or, or I'll go full. I'll go full uh, full Australian and call him a numpty cunt. Oh, you're welcome. You're right. Numpty cunt. <laughs> Uh, but, but, but which is a compliment there. Yeah, yeah. Like when someone, <laughs> someone calls you, a, well, I think Numpty's bad, but Cunt's good. Cunt's like <laughs> <laughs> Numpty bad, Cunt's yeah, good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah, um, give him a little Scott's guy to Australia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine how how many tourists I would get killed if I was a tour guide in Australia? <laughs> oh, <laughs> all, all of, of them. them. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> but I like to think that I'm helping spread a little bit of positivity in a time where there has been a lot of you know. A lot of hatred for foreigners. If I had a, a slightly darker complexion, I would go for a, a Hispanic accent. Maybe change okay. some hearts and minds if, if I could. Change some hearts and minds. <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's be real. Let's be real. The, the guy who owns a landscaping company who's at Wawa at like like four thirty on a Sunday probably doesn't have some some very you know. <laughs> Never mind. No, yeah, continue, please. <laughs> He doesn't have a lot of progressive thoughts on, on immigration <laughs> policy in this country. So, you, you, you know. <laughs> on the flip side, if you were a tour guide in Australia and you knew that you were going to get people killed with your comments, that could be like the sneakiest way ever to actually be a serial killer. I mean, d- yeah. don't get me wrong. You would derive zero like uh, satisfaction from it yourself because you're yeah. not doing the killing, which means you'd have to kill way more people to feel good about it. But I mean, you can <laughs> oh my really, God. you know, the way you said that was horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it could be satisfying though. If they were like American tourists, like Americans that you hate. Yeah. Like just, you oh. could just watch them get strangled, like, like yoked up by a fucking Rue. Like those kind of guys that have like the beard with no mustache, those fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) You know the ones where the whole family's fat and you're like, this can't be genetic. That kid's like not even one yet. How much do you breastfeed that baby? How is he obese already? (laughs) My favorite phrase probably for the remainder of the night is going to (laughs) be yoked up by a (laughs) room. I'm laughing, so, I'm laughing so hard I just got lightheaded. Oh, fuck. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to episode eight of the Cynical Nerd. Uh, my name is Chris. As always, I am joined by my two cohorts, Derek and Scott. Derek, how's your how's your day going? Uh, it's going excellently. I'm pouring myself a perfect glass of scotch right now. Ooh, oh, and, very nice. Uh, I, we've got a lot of we got a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of things I have things to say about. So I'm very very excited. Awesome. Scott, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm my third 24 ounce uh, black coffee of the day. So, so you ready to yeah, so, ready to ball? Yeah, so I feel like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction right now. When he's like all fucking, you know, like. 
<laughs> You're like cross-eyed driving with the wind blowing his hair. Uh, I, I also I also chain, smack, uh, chain smoked an entire pack of cigarettes today between 8 a.m. when I went to work and right now. Um, nice. Before we get started, if, if, nice, I, if I can have just a moment of, of the listener's time. Uh, the shm- floor is yours. Schmegs, yes. weebs, furries, people who talk on their cell phones in public, Gen Xers, all of you pieces of shit, listen up. Uh, last week I told a very, a very embarrassing story about how I broke a VCR, my mother's VCR, to get a porn tape out because I didn't get caught jerking off. R.I.P. that VCR. Uh, yeah, we haven't received any angry emails, but I've gotten a lot of texts like, bro, what the fuck? So I'd like to address those texts. <laughs> First of all, how comfortable are all of you? How, how comfortable do you just have my phone number? You text me about shit instead of writing a fucking email. Uh, but secondly, I just, want to, I just want to clear the air here that the following the following month was like around her birthday. And for her birthday, I sold my entire Pokemon card collection, even even the holographic Charizard boys. And I bought her a oh. DVD player and a bunch of DVDs for her birthday. It was like oh. it was like a three to four weeks. So was I a piece of shit? Yes. Have I always been? <laughs> Will I always probably be a little bit? I don't know. But there, I, I have, I, my point is, I have redeeming qualities. I'm tolerable in small doses. And if I fuck up your VCR, I'll buy you a DVD player. Yeah, but then like a year later, you broke the DVD player because you didn't want to get caught jerking off to that, too. That's not true. Does it cancels the whole thing out. But could you imagine if it wasn't you just knew that? I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> if your face is yeah. blank. Are you John <laughs> Edwards? Who told you that? It's like you just it's went into like, some shitty. jerk off. You just went to go visit some shitty tarot card reader. You're drunk with your friends and you're like, she won't know anything. And she describes perfectly how you murdered somebody two summers ago. And you're hiding it from secret. And you're like, what the fuck? And, this, and that's how the movie starts. In this scenario, I like to picture myself as like a young Freddie Prince Jr. Okay. But somehow, but somehow we all want to picture ourselves as a young Freddie yeah. Prince Jr. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> serious question though. Before, like I've had this on my desk for two days. The last, okay. the last white claw I had. Do I drink it or do I just dump it no. out? No. You oh, 100% no. bro, 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 bro. You bro. definitely it. Yeah. <laughs> no, Derek was it's so fine. so convincing, and I'm not, but I don't think you should do it. I'm just saying, there are basic bitches in Africa who would kill for a single white claw. I should probably drink it. You should, yeah. I mean... They'd love to put okay. Leonard Skinner on the fucking jukebox and just crush a two-day-old warm white claw, and you have that opportunity right now. You can do that. You, you can be that man for them, Scott. You can you can bear that burden. Yeah, we'll think about it. You can, yeah. Before we get too far away from it, because my uh, we've talked about this, my, my brain, my stupid simian brain only works in movie references and character uh, quotes. When you started that story uh, about the DVD, uh, the VCR, and you said, weebs, schmegs, furries. In my head, I heard Jim Carrey from Ace Ventura. <laughs> weebs, schmegs, furries, lend me your ears. Just screaming from the top of the fucking out of, tree. Bush. Out of his asshole, which is ironic because I usually talk out of my ass as well. <laughs> well, very good. Yeah. Derek is not kidding. We have a metric ton of shit to go over today. We have some news, some weekend review stuff. Some of it's just going to be skimming it right over the surface, just moving right along. Uh, some of it's going to be a little deeper of a dive. And then we have several main topics tonight all of which we absolutely will get to i promise so it's the lighthouse which i just uh i watched it i think it's what the the term is for it i watched that today um Mm -hmm. and then we have mandalorian season season two episode three which i'm very excited to talk about um i have a a, inkling of how these guys feel about it but i'm going first this time because i was very happy with it spoiled it out the gate sorry and the last but not least last of us two conversation which we've been i feel like teasing by by no it was not a strategy that the three of us talked about we've just been trying to get to it and we all ramble too much it's yeah if you're still here yeah if you're still here in episode eight it's probably why you're here so you can't be that mad at us 
Yeah, Thanks I for mean, being here. Yeah. Appreciate that. It's good to finally put this attention deficit hyperactive disorder to good use. <laughs> <laughs> it, sh- it certainly helps us fill time. I'm very proud of that. Well, um, that's high praise. First, uh, <laughs> yeah, it helps us fill time. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, first in the news is some random stuff. Uh, and it's more of just a surprise to me. So we threw it in the article. James Gunn confirms he starts work on that Peacemaker show. Fuck, it's Peacemaker on HBO Max in two weeks. We, I feel like we just heard about this news a couple of weeks ago that yep. it was happening. Um, and then they've they've started casting other people in it. Um, Steve Adji is going to be returning as John Economos, the warden of Bell Rev Federal Penitentiary uh, Penitentiary. Pen- penitentiary yeah that's, I can that's, talk. that's the guy from, and, uh, from that's the suicide one. squad it. right got it in three right right yeah. and uh and really the moral of the story of this article if you go look for it is that uh or if you look at james gunn's instagram is that if you're a famous director you get a free xbox yeah piece of shit yeah i mean you guys both read that you saw that picture that he oh, yeah. there and like, so the first thing he says like oh i don't know they just gave me a free one like you had to say it. you couldn't just say you got one or something yeah. what what an asshole just a dick move I'm also happy for you, James. Yeah, but also I, I could give a shit less about either console that launched this week. Yeah, yeah. Like at this point in time. So I'm just like, yeah, all right, man, way to way to flex on like that, that minute graphical increase that no one's going to notice for the next four years until he finally find a way to utilize it. Yeah. Right. Can't wait to play bug snacks. <laughs> Looks like a real hit on the PS5. Real banger that game is. They Holy even uh, they even fucking put a sweet like graphic on the outside with his name and it says power your dreams. Like what do they think? Yeah. Do they think by giving him a free Xbox, he's going to like, he's going to just put the thing in his next fucking movie for free. Like they don't, have to, <laughs> this is their way of trying to get free product placement. Do you think? I mean, it, well, mission accomplished because him, him tweeting about it is better than it being in a guardians of the galaxy movie in the background. Unless, unless, Groot, unless Groot's playing the Xbox at series X, Fucking is that? That's what it is, right? Series X Y. Sure. Yeah, it's just an Z. it's just an aims an aim screen name at this point. It's yeah. just all it is. <laughs> I, I agree. I would love to see Groot doing his his shitty little uh, yeah. sarcasm voice. I am Groot, and <laughs> fucking with uh, his adopted raccoon father. Yeah, I would love to see Groot playing Halo Infinite and just be infinitely bored by it in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. <laughs> just completely checked out emotionally and mentally. Okay. I would just love to watch him play Halo Infinite on it and then have him say how shitty the graphics look. And, you know, it would be like a joke in the movie, but all of us would just be nodding. Right, like, right. Yeah, we, we, now, get, we get what you're saying. I want to see him totally break character and look right at the camera and give like an honest review about what a fucking shit show it is. Like just like some like like James Gunn, like really has it in for Microsoft. And so he actually like <laughs> makes a character like stop what they're doing and be like, hi, I'm Vin Diesel, voice of Groot. And just give like an honest. This game is awful. Don't fucking buy it. That's what I want to see. Yeah, if Vin Diesel hates you, you're oof. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing something Al- wrong there, bud. Alternatively, <laughs> that might be a great way to introduce Deadpool to the Marvel Universe because he can come in and break the fourth wall. They don't have to. And we still get our, our fucking our, our, our digs in it at Xbox. It's true. So what we're really all trying to say is, is uh, fuck you, Microsoft. Yeah, you suck. You're the worst. At, yeah. at the end of the day, um, we have another quick bit of movie news. WandaVision, which we're all uh, looking forward to, even Derek. Yes. And I feel like I have to preface that by saying even Derek uh, is had its release date Fair set play. for January 15th, 2021. So it's on the calendar coming out in about two, uh, two months exactly from today. Look, w- would you look at that shit? They put a new teaser up. It really doesn't. There's nothing in the teaser. So we're not going to talk about it. Um, it's cool that it's coming so quickly. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> that's what she said yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time. What do you want? It feels like you just did a little bit. 
<laughs> it's, it's like it's like that guy who like bounces it off the headboard and runs up and dunks it. You're just like, all right, well, like okay. come on, it's, yeah. I'm you more happy shot the fucking ball in. I'm more happy at like how offended you were that I did that. Yeah, you can't. That's what she said. You so you can't. You can't triple stamp with double stamp. You can't triple stamp with double stamp. Okay, all right. Fuck. Gotcha. Um, I'm excited about this. I mean, originally, I believe Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be out of the gate first, but because of the pandemic, things got shuffled around. We're getting Wandavision first. <clears throat> And yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have anything else to say about it besides I'm really looking forward to it coming out because it looks just weird enough to be really fun. Yeah. yeah. Same. Uh, I think that's like, you know, when, when I always my major gripe with like and not just the MCU, but really any like longstanding uh, uh, franchise is that it gets kind of tired after a while. It's like the same thing again and again. Um, and so when I talk about like how the new things should be done and new things should be experimented on, like this is what I'm talking about. I mean, the fact that it's like taking place in different uh, eras of television throughout the past, you know, 60 years or whatever. I think it's more like 80 years um, and it's set up kind of like a sitcom, but there's something weird happening behind there. I know we just covered it a couple of weeks ago, so I won't go any deeper than that. But I mean, this is literally what I'm talking about, like these these new ideas taking uh, uh, like a standing franchise and sort of approaching it from a different angle. It looks fucking awesome. I can't wait for it. Nice. Nice. Uh, any other thoughts on that before we move on? Nope. No. Okay. Cool. I didn't <laughs> think so. Just, just making sure. I didn't want to try to. I didn't want to cut you off. Um, next up, keeping in line with the superhero movie news, Wonder Woman 1984, which was supposed to originally come out, I think, this month, and then was pushed to next month. Yeah. Uh, Christmas on th- Christmas, Christmas Day. Day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is apparent. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> is apparently now back up in the air as Warner Brothers is not sure what to do with the release window. And it, it really looks like they aren't sure there are there. So originally the director, Patty Jenkins said, which she wanted it to be in theaters. She was doing like a Christopher Nolan type of commentary about how like it should be seen in theaters, blah, blah, blah. And regardless of how much I disagree, because I do heavily, um, there is, you know, it's, it's her movie. She's the director. I, I'd like to honor, you know, what she wants to do with it. Yeah. Uh, there is conversations that that might be softening her stance on that might be softening. There's two ideas right now in Warner brothers, according to this Bloomberg report that came out last Thursday. Uh, the first is that it would still hit theaters on December 25th, but released to HBO max within like a two week window, like a very short span of time. I am 110% fucking down with that idea. I think it's a great idea. The other plan is to move the film completely to like summer of next year, like June 4th, 2021. Um, I think that's a garbage idea, but I'm not the only one on this podcast. Derek, how do you feel about it? Uh, so like, obviously, you know, I, I have HBO max. And so when you're talking about, uh, it releasing the 25th, you know, next month, and then, uh, as long as I was reading it correctly, it seemed like as soon as two or three weeks after that, they would put it on HBO max. Yeah. Probably like mid January if they did it that way. Yeah. Th- that would be cool. Cause then I get to see it, but I understand like, you know, a, a lot of the numbers that, you know, uh, these studios use to like continue giving teams work is how well they did opening weekend, opening week, yada, yada. So when you like right. take away sort of the full stretch of like a, what a movie would be in theaters and say like, oh, well, you should just be giving it to the fans. Well, it may be hurting a lot of people's careers, but at the same time, those numbers aren't going to be what they would be normally anyway with, you know, right. uh, uh, COVID races, COVID cases rising. 
Um, so like I get the idea to push it back to when things will hopefully be normal, but I also don't <laughs> think that they're going to be normal then. So it's almost like, you know, I know I'm going back and forth here, but it's like at some point, I don't know, rip the bandaid off and just let people watch the fucking movie. Just release yeah. the fucking thing. You're yeah. sitting on something that will make you money. Yeah. Um, Scott, any thoughts about that? Uh, several, several, uh, first and foremost, whenever I, whenever I see that they're releasing a movie on Christmas day or Christmas Eve, I just think, fuck you. Like no one, no one's clamoring to see. I wouldn't even go see Star Wars on Christmas fucking day. I wouldn't. I just like I wouldn't. I'm sorry. It's in, it's asinine to me. Uh, the pushback, I get it. Uh, I think taking it directly from theaters to HBO Max is a bad move. Unless I'm HBO sorry, theaters, the theaters, theater. Sorry, theater. Okay, fucking. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Oh, I couldn't recognize it without the British accent. I appreciate. Uh, <laughs> Like taking it directly from the movies because Derek's a cunt from the movies to, to HBO Max <laughs> with, with 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 no pay per view, no on demand. Like as much as I don't want to pay twenty dollars for for that movie on demand, I I wouldn't. There are people that would who want to see this movie who don't uh you know who don't want to go out in public and risk it because they have high risk you know loved ones. Uh, cases are ramping up again. I mean. I'm, I'm at the point now where I just wear my fucking mask. I sanitize. I use hand sanitizer everywhere I go. I would go sit in a the theater by myself and see it. Um, but I think I think taking it directly from the from the movies to a streaming service where the monthly paywall is less than what you pay to see the fucking movie on demand is a terrible right. idea for for my financial state. It's great for the fans, but right. but it's not a smart business decision unless HBO Max is paying out the ass for it. Uh, and if we're being honest here, like. Disney Plus, I read, has 73 point something million subscribers. HBO uh, Max has 8 point something million subscribers. If you include all regular HBO subscriptions, it barely breaks uh, 37 million. So they're, they're not, they don't have the kind of bankroll, I think, where they, where they can be getting a movie like this. No one's going to subscribe to HBO Max just to go see Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? I'm sure, well, I'm sure some people will. But how much are they going to spend versus how much are they going to make on a monthly recurring subscription? Because yeah, it, I think you're going to see it's, it's going to be a very similar case where if they take this road, it's going to be like it was for me on Disney Plus with Mandalorian. When it's over, I'm not giving you my fucking money until it's back on again because you have nothing else I'm particularly interested in seeing. Uh, having said that, I'm really gunning for HBO Max. I think they have wonderful programming personally. They uh, really do. I think I think yeah. I get the most for my money out of that one out of anything that I pay for monthly. and I pay for all of them. It's fucking. Yeah, <laughs> same. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know. I, th I think it's a bad look to keep pushing things back, but at the same time, I'd say that that's a better option than a two-week limited release followed by just being on a streaming service. That's that's going to be a giant loss for everyone involved, I think, except for the fans. Uh, so greedily, I would want it, but it's a bad move. I would think that if they did the HBO Max release, they would put a premium price tag on it. Like, it's on HBO Max, but you got to pay, I don't know, 20 bucks or something to watch it. Like, Because didn't, didn't they do, do that, that with Mulan on Disney+. Yeah, Plus? I wouldn't they, do that either, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, not for twenty bucks, but yeah, they did Mulan, but it was thirty dollars. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah, and it, that's why Disney. Oh uh, yeah, Disney just rakes it in, bro. They just rake it in. Yeah, yeah. But their, their service is also like seven dollars a month or something. It's pretty cheap. cheap. Yeah, yeah. For now, that's, that's true. Yeah. That's for true. Now. And Max, Max is like what fifteen. Um, okay. So there's that story up in the news. No, oh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Scott. I have one thing to say to you, which is I've actually been to the movies on Christmas Day, and go fuck yourself. The terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That First of all, who get who no, who, so who, who, unra who unwraps all the shit that they got that they were excited to get and it's like, 
fuck all this shit. You guys are going to go watch like fucking, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go see Titanic, yeah. bro. I'll be the, back. Yeah. I'm going to go see Tomb Raider Chronicles or some fucking, like it's never, <laughs> it's, it's. Tomb Raider Chronicles. I, that's, not, that's a video game. It's not even a movie, but I don't even know what the movies are I, called. They're also fucking forgettable. <laughs> Uh, so here's here's I'll give you the exact situation, right? You went and saw one of the Star Wars movies. I know you did. I know you uh, did. Probably, probably. One, I one of the sequel trilogy because they all release on Christmas Day. Because yeah, Dis- Chris, Disney's a prob- probably it was probably like a second or third viewing of a Star Wars movie. To be honest, which is even worse. But so here's here's the situation that leads to the Christmas Day movie. Okay, and I, I, you might not like it, but I at least I believe you will go. Oh, okay. Escaping family because so, they're a nightmare. I got it. I, 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 <laughs> no, I, I read your mind like a telepath. It's the opposite. Oh, your family's so I, you know, my wife, What's that like? I'm, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you have had so much coffee, uh, dude, and you are so quick-witted today. And I can't. I feel like I'm like I'm like I'm, ah, I'm just getting pelted. I'm sorry. It's, it's, you're over there with a, just like spit wads from a straw. Like, and I'm like ah ah. Keeps hitting me in the face with them. I don't know why. Um, so we go to my mother's for. And I'll make this really quick because I know no one gives a shit. But we'll go to my mother's Christmas Day morning uh, with the care. family. My sister and brother-in-law come over with their kids. What are all their names? What are their children called? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tell us a Nick story where it's like 45 minutes of everyone's name and like what they do for a living before you get to the point. Yeah. And like how he met them and like how he feels about them. But yeah, they're a pretty okay dude in the end. Yeah. He's got, a, he's, then, yeah, he's got a list. And somehow, what gets, you- <laughs> somehow, somehow just randomly pulls up Destiny 2 again at the end. Um, so we all go over there. We open up presents. We eat lunch or whatever. And then we, we also we just stay there all day and we have dinner together. We just spend the whole day together. All, the whole big Motley crew, everybody. So sometime around, I don't know, like two, three o'clock when everyone's bored out of their fucking minds. I'll turn to my brother-in-law. Uh, what's up, Bob? And I'll go, hey, man, um, you want to take the kids to go see like a movie? Like, we'll go take them out and kill some fucking time before dinner starts. That's really all we've ever okay. used it for. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. See, I told you. Oh, OK, yeah, OK. Yeah. I still don't agree with it because fuck Christmas Day movies. But I, got I figured you. you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but Still, though, like fuck them. I'm not saying fuck you for going to. I'm saying fuck them for releasing it on Christmas. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, like like the day after. Yeah. You know, a week before when like, everyone's like. I would love to just unplug and go sit in a movie theater and not think about anything but what's on the screen for two hours like the week before Christmas because you don't get any time to decompress between Thanksgiving no. and Christmas. This I, I don't think it's a, a yeah. dick move as much as I, don't, I just don't understand it. Like you're cutting a, a huge amount of people who could go see your movie out. Like yeah. I don't didn't the Star Wars movies come out? Like, is that what you were just saying? Like yeah, they came yeah. out on Christmas Day. Like, that's just weird uh, to me to take like a huge franchise like that and like. Let's do it on a day where almost everyone's busy. <laughs> well, it wasn't it, it wasn't day. on Christmas. And the I, I'm pretty sure it was like, I don't know, Last Jedi or Force Awakens. They both came out December, like December 19th or something. Yeah. yeah. So they were uh, they were out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they were out in December. I definitely had already seen them. We probably just went to go see it again or something. But yeah. regardless, um, next up in the list of stories is one I we probably all have very particular views about. So there was a, a little bit of hubbub in the news about Anne Hathaway and the witch's film that we all watched and reviewed on the podcast. Lovely. Uh, plug, plug in it. Go on back and take a look at it. It's very good. Um, take, take a listen to it. And she has been getting some flack online for how the film depicts, uh, you know, the witches have like uh, two or three fingers, I believe. And uh, so people have been giving the movie crap for how it uh, how it presents people with limb difference, like, you know, people who have different uh disabilities like what's it called like extra dactyly i think um which is a limb disability where the mm-hmm. you know the hands look somewhat similar to how they were depicted in the film i can't, I can't lie they, they do look somewhat similar um 
So she issued an apology in public, and I think we all have thoughts about it. And Scott, I'm going to let you. Oh, thank you. I'm going to let you so, go first. Thank you so much. Oh, so I knew. Much. You didn't even have to hold <laughs> up your finger. You got, a whole, I was, oh, you got a whole load you're sitting on right now. It's very clear. You've been like <laughs> fucking just gyrating the whole time he's been like introducing the topic. Mm-hmm. He's going to get one of those cooms where we can see his bones through his skin. <laughs> Uh, what <laughs> withered? What I will say first and foremost is Anne Hathaway. Anne- <laughs> <laughs> if we hadn't already decided not to put Coom in titles, it would withering be withering Coombs. Coombs. <laughs> uh, and First and foremost, Anne Hathaway ha- handled this so graciously. She is so charming and eloquent in every facet of everything she does. Uh, and I've, I've honestly, like, reading the words that she, that she wrote, I felt like she, it was honestly a sincere apology. It wasn't her just pandering. Uh, right. I think she honestly didn't, didn't take into consideration the way people were going to feel about this. But who did? Like, who, who could possibly imagine that that would be the response for something that's clearly fictional? Like, are we going to cancel the, 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 the Waynes brothers for their depiction of the guy with the, with the strong hand in Scary Movie 2? Like, how... It's just... It's, this, this, to me, was not in any way malicious. Intent is taken out of, out of the equation again, like we talked about last week. People, it's this, it's this perpetual waking nightmare that I wake up to every single day. It's like my, I, I don't dream anymore, but every day when I'm awake, it's a fucking nightmare. Uh, <laughs> really? Like, it's just, it's, it's like. What an enlightening message to the youths of America. <laughs> it, it's, it's true, Something man. to look forward to in your 30s. It's every tr- day is a nightmare. Well, no, no. The, the every day is a nightmare because the world's so fucking soft now. And that's the reality. Like, like, I, I, I understand that, that someone could see something like that and, and have their feelings hurt about it. Well. That's a part, like, not to sound insensitive, but that, that is a part of, of life. You, things are going to happen. They're going to make you feel insecure yeah. about parts of yourself. And a lot of that is internalized. A lot of that's your own perception of yourself. It's not somebody, po- like, someone might point at you and laugh and be cruel, but it's not always necessary people being intentionally cruel that sets you off. It's, your in- it's the things that you feel that get triggered by outside stimuli. You know what I mean? And, like, and this, this to me just seems like it's reaching so fucking hard. Like, in, in, in related news, Hayden Christensen uh, re- apologizes for his insensitive portrayal of of paraplegics uh bruce wayne uh ben affleck apologizes for uh his insensitive take on ptsd and people who have lost their parents in their lives like the only person who needs to apologize is jared fucking leto for his depiction of the joker in suicide squad (laughs) that's literally it everyone else is good because it's fiction it's not it's not there to hurt your feelings if you if your feelings are hurt how like if you can't watch a fucking movie a pg movie on on a streaming service without Writing an angry letter. Well, oh my god. <laughs> well, someone else writing an angry letter oh. for you. <laughs> oh no. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. He means like a ghostwriter. That's that's all. Yeah. He just means like a you know, somebody you getting your ideas to... on the paper. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Like, the point. The point. <laughs> oh my god. Um, the, the joke was great okay but we can all appreciate a good joke yeah. it wasn't the joke that's making me laugh so hard it's when i saw you realize what you were about to say yeah it's not even what you just said it's what you were about to say that's the best part of it and you do this thing where you're kind of like so, like like you accidentally burped out loud or something like oh oops yeah. on like a date oops that's what you do every time just like that I, I realize I realize what's in my head and I realize that I can't cop out and I have to say it and no we've all been there it's yeah. just it's this thing it's like it's again like it's everyone needs to have like 
a sense of humor about themselves. And obviously with things like this, where you, where you have limb differences, where you have things like, uh, like that, like it's obviously a huge obstacle that people have to overcome. It's not something to make light of. And I, I, I shouldn't make that joke, but I'm a piece of shit. So I'm sorry. Uh, but, but the whole point is like, it, it was not malicious and intent in this movie. We feel victimized by something that's not even depicting a human being. It's depicting a fictional creature in a, in a made up world. Like, how are you going to survive in reality when, so, when someone says something horrific to your face? You know and I mean, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's not to be necessarily insensitive and say, well, I'm not trying to invalidate the way you feel, but at the same time, like, there's, there's got to be a point where, where you realize that there's a difference between reality and entertainment. And we need, to, we need to get back to a point in time where we're more entertained by entertainment than we are by being offended by it. And that's, like, that's something we really need to get back to, man, because it's, it's getting to the point where you can't do anything without somebody becoming a victim, like, like playing the victim. Yeah. Derek, how about you? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I agree. I think that, you know, I, I just want to say I just want to preface this by saying because we're talking about basically cancel culture and we have another topic coming up. Spoiler alert. That's about the same thing. And we've talked about it in the past. And I've gone right on record saying that I think that cancel culture is stupid. And for the most part, I think that it is. But I just want to be clear that, like, you know, when I'm talking about that and I think that when you guys are talking about it, too, we're not talking about like comedians who go on stage and throw the N word out just because they think that that in itself is funny. We're not yeah. this like loaf hanging fruit, awful humor that nobody's actually yeah. laughing at that only exists to hurt people. Those people should be canceled. Those people are scumbags or their time has ran up or, you know, they're, they're, they're from a time where that was okay, but it's not anymore. And they should be canceled 100%. And nobody is disagreeing with that. But yeah, I mean, I really can't say anything that you didn't just already say. I think it's a little goofy. We're talking about, you know, the fucking movie is called witches. It's about witches. Like it, it's not like they were doing anything to make fun of people with, uh, I already forget what it's called. It, it's, it was just an aesthetic choice. And you know, again, Anne Hathaway, she did the right thing. She said an apology. There's no reason for her to double down and act like, you know, uh, uh, she didn't do anything wrong. I think she did do the right thing and just say, look, I, I apologize. I never meant it to hurt anyone. And that's it. And you know, I mean, what else is there to say? I, that's that's kind of it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. However, ultimately, well, you'll see. Let's just get into it. So <laughs> imagine you watch this with like your, you know, I don't know, 12 year old um, son or something like that. And you go out in the world and you see someone that has limb difference and your sons might look at that person and think, oh. I just saw this in a movie where the person mm -hmm. with those fingers is evil. And whether you like it or not or agree with it, it might it might color their opinion of that person. I know it's I know it's not real, but it's possible that it could happen. That's the devil's advocate conversation. OK, that being said, I agree with you guys, because like Scott brought up, there's it's it's very um, it's very optimistic to 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 strive for a world where everybody is nice to each other and and is is mindful of others disabilities and is caring about them in the way that they talk about them. It's not our world. And as much as I say that we should strive for a world that is like that, you're never going to get everybody to do it. There are always going to be terrible people out there that decide to say shitty things to others that they can't control. And to, to kind of shield your, your child from that is the wrong thing to do. Like you should be helping them to cope with it. Uh, maybe help to educate the person who said whatever shitty thing it was, if you can. But really, it's about helping that that child or, or whatever 
adult, even if it's another adult that's having this issue, to cope with it and to, to realize that there are terrible people out there. It does not reflect on them or their self-worth. It's just that there are shitty people out there who have their own fucking problems to deal with that are taking it out on you. And so, so, so to yell at someone like Anne Hathaway, who, let's be real, probably had no fucking control over the look of those creatures in the film um, and have her actually issue an apology uh, about <coughs> in, in, inclusivity and detesting cruelty and apologizing for the pain she caused. I mean, sure, it, it, it probably did, if we're being realistic with the millions of people in the world, make some kid that had ectrodactyly feel a little down on themselves when they saw it. And that's a teachable moment for the parents. Yeah, yeah. And and a growing moment to be realistic about it. I'm not saying we should put that kind of shit in front of their face all the time, but like right. it's a good opportunity when it comes up. And that's long winded way of saying, like, I, I ultimately agree with you guys, although I can see where people who are upset about it are like, well, I don't want kids to see this. And then yeah. look at my son who has it and call him a, a monster, you know, because right, right. um, anyway, if I, if I can respond with one thing to that. Uh, sure. Um, I mean, I I. I I remember being like a little kid, like five, six years old, maybe um, <clears throat> young enough to not know any better. You know what I mean? And I remember being at, at a mall with my mom and I saw the first little person I'd ever seen my entire life. And being a little kid, I didn't I didn't know that, that you know, I didn't know that little people existed. I'd never seen <clears throat> anything like that. <clears throat> and my reaction was to laugh as a little kid. Because it was a grown man who was the same size as me. And you're a child. You don't know. You don't you don't even at that point in time, when you're like that young, <clears throat> I don't think you understand the full scope of like how <clears throat> how other people's minds and and thought process work. That, that other people can have their feelings hurt by something that that you know saw, saw an interaction like that. And my mm -hmm. mother immediately sat me down in the mall, like no, and like explained to me that, ev that everybody's different. You know that some people it's more visible than others, and that it's never okay to to take somebody to take somebody and pick them apart and and pick on them and make them feel less than you, or or you know treat them that way based on their physical appearance. Uh, now in, my, in my adult life, I don't always apply that, because if someone's a piece of shit and they happen to be fat, I would call them a fat piece of shit. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, but, but the, the basis usually is that you're awful, and then I'm just going to you know, take the gloves off. Uh, what, what I would say, <laughs> what I would say in, res, in response to, to the, uh, the point you made, though, is uh, it seems like it should be teachable moments. That's, that's one thing. Like, uh, it's, it should be a parent's responsibility to draw the line between fiction and reality. It shouldn't be the job right. of Hollywood to police everything they create to make it so you don't have to be a fucking parent. You're a parent. Right. Sit down with your kid. Teach them some shit. Be an adult. Be responsible. It's your job. You know, if, if like, there was there were kids in like the 80s that were watching Freddy Krueger movies and stabbing their siblings to death. You know why? Bad fucking parenting. You know, and, and yeah. I understand that the people with deformities might feel a certain way about it. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not trying to sound insensitive. I'm sure I do. And I apologize. That's not my intent. Uh, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's up to the parents to sit down with their children and have that conversation. We're like, this isn't meant to hurt you. This, this is something that may be an unfortunate coincidence, but they're not, no one's saying that you're a monster. This is, this is not real. Yeah. This is just a movie. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think it needs to be this, this big PR fiasco that it's become. Right. Yeah. Right. I also don't, and, and I don't know, maybe you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think that it is a big PR fiasco. Like I had actually read it a couple days before you had mentioned it. And the art, the, the site that I had seen it on was like some fringe website. And I was like, all right, maybe that's just like four people complaining about this and it's not even worth talking about. So then when you had linked it at CNN, I'm like, okay, maybe this is a little bigger than I thought. But I mean, that's, the, those are the only two times I've heard about it. You know, I haven't seen any like Anne Hathaway in deep water, you know? Oh yeah. So I think like, right. it's a small, like it always is. It's a small group of people making it probably a little bit bigger than it has to be. 
But um, now you're right. I mean, there is like I, I think it what it comes down to is just that people uh, have to take the initiative to kind of sit down and talk with their kids and trying to like head that off out of the gate with like every piece of fucking media and the way people think and act is never going to be achieved. So there's at some point it's like, all right, well, the onus is on each individual to either right. as an adult, like digest it in a healthy way. Or if it's a child, obviously the parent would do that. Um, I thought, yeah, that's, that's it. You know how sometimes a point just ends and you're like, now I'm just hanging here in <laughs> <Yeah>. this awkward <laughs> silence. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, up next we have, a little trailer, but kind of an not what I expected trailer. So they're uh, doing a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion and they released a trailer for it. Uh, will Smith introduced the trailer and then they they revealed that the special will be debuting on HBO Max on November 19th, 2020. So it comes out next week. Um, and but the surprise thing, at least to me, I don't know how it hit you guys, was that it, I thought it was actually going to be a reunion of the show. It's not. It's more like the cast and crew getting together, sort of doing like a uh, a group behind the scenes conversation where they show old footage. Uh, and it's not what I expected. And therefore, I'm infinitely more interested in watching this than I would have been had it just been like a let's do one more episode so many years later. Yeah, that'd be weird. Uh, what did, yeah, I agree. Uh, what did you think about it, Scott? Uh, it looks it looks like fun, man. It seems like a lot of behind the the scene stuff. Uh, it's like I saw some footage like it was them, uh, you know, behind the scenes when they were younger as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I like how like in the trailer they kind of touch on like how Alfonso and Will had this really great natural chemistry. Uh, I was right. I was always surprised that Alfonso didn't pop in the same way that Will did because he really was in a lot of ways just as big a star on that show. Like when he had his moments to shine, every time they did like a buddy episode. Uh, yeah, it, it just it was incredible, man. And he was he was in like a couple of like B horror movies after around that time and after it ended. And he never really I don't know what happened, man. He, he I feel like he should have been all over the place. Yeah, he kind of just fell off the map. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. And, and not sure why. Yeah. Derek, how'd you feel about it? I, I never watched Fresh Prince. I never watched it. Oh, I don't like laugh track sitcoms. I just I don't like Will Smith either. He's always posting videos oh, where what? like, yeah, no, because he's always like, posting this, videos yeah. <laughs> next to like a, a fucking 400 foot long pool in the back of his mansion where he's just like, if you're ever sad, just remember, you know, everything's going to be OK. It's like, all right, fuck you, Will. Like, I'm like four <laughs> months behind on my bills. Like, you don't get it, man. You don't get it. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked here. I never watched Fresh Prince. Uh, I, I don't really like um, I don't really like laugh track uh, uh, sitcoms. I barely got through How I Met Your Mother. Um, that being said, I, I agree, like seeing that it wasn't because uh, a lot of these shows are like there's like a friend's reunion. They did like Fuller House and they're uh, they all fail. Um, so like to, to to see that they're not doing like, oh, an extended episode or like something like that. And it's actually just the cast members getting together yeah. on the old set and just talking about stuff. That's actually way more interesting to me. And I, like I said, didn't even watch the show. So yeah. I, I, I'll actually probably watch it when it drops. Kind of feels like we're becoming shills for HBO Max now, doesn't it? Feels yeah. like I, I, that's why I, I went. That's why I went on HBO Max. <laughs> hey, guys, you should sponsor us. Yeah, you probably should. <laughs> I'll show real hard. I mean, Scott's not uh, not wrong even a little bit. Like HBO Max does have a nice swath of content, yes. like for st stuff I didn't even realize was going to be on there. Yeah, ended up crazy. being on that service. Like, it, there's a lot of really good shit on there. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. And they have all the old. Yeah, please just think about it. 
<laughs> just, just a little bit. We're more, well, we're more likely to get me undies on board than we are HBO Max. Let's be honest. <laughs> me undies. Yeah, me undies. Let's let's. <laughs> Is that a Bill Burr reference yeah, that you're doing yeah, right yeah, now? Because yeah. I wish I could high five you. God damn it! <laughs> Copping y'all fucking balls, but oop boop. <laughs> fucking love Bill God Burr. Damn God damn. Yeah, dude, he's so great. What were you saying, Derek? Old shit on there. That, that that's it. That's that's the end of it. That thought ended too. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> All my all my thoughts just hit a fucking brick wall eventually, and then I just have to sit there and wait for someone to clean it up. That's essentially, yeah. Uh, so you did mention a Friends reunion. Uh, they are actually also doing one of those. I, I don't know if it's going to be a show in, in the general sense like we just talked about or an actual like behind the scenes thing, but they are also doing that. Uh, count me as the guy who can give no less fucks than I currently do. I can't fucking wait, dude, because Jennifer Aniston is still a bombshell. She's still smoking. Uh, for sure. What, what's, what was her name? Uh, the other girl. Fuck. Uh, uh, Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox is still absolutely beautiful. Everyone else yes. is aging terribly. I can't wait to see Matthew Perry <laughs> and fucking... <laughs> Matthew Perry looks bad, dude. Yeah. They, 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 Matt, Matt LeBlanc behind the scenes stories. Right now. And what's, what they was his name? behind the scenes stories about how Perry was on like coke all the time yeah. on set yeah. and just it. like totally fucked up. Uh, that's great. Oh, I, can't, God, I can't wait to see how sad bad. David Schwimmer looks. You know what I mean? Like it's just... <laughs> I haven't, I haven't seen the actress who played Phoebe. I don't know her real name because what else has she been in? Uh, Romy yeah, and everybody knows her as Phoebe. <laughs> yeah. She was it. in Ro- Romy, Romy and Michelle's high school reunion or something like that. Sure. Of course. I think I don't I'll, I'll she, take, she had, I'll take your word. It was like her it. big break and she's been in stuff, but who, who knows what it is? Do you remember anything? No. Every once in a while you see her like, oh, it's Phoebe. And then you're like, just you go back to living your life, forgetting that she had existed at all ever. Oh, shit, it's Phoebe. Yeah. On, uh, yeah, okay. I don't, where is she now? I'm sure I'm, sure her, I'm, sure I'm going to get a very angry letter from the president of her fan club. <laughs> the, but the president's also the only member. Yeah. So it's, it's just Lisa Kudrow is her actual Oh, sh- I should have known that. Yeah, it sounded really familiar <laughs> yeah, once I read it. Yeah. And I was like, meh. Well. I immediately retract uh, my previous statement about her not being... Noteworthy, because I, I know that fucking anyway, name now that I hear it. But anyway, fuck friends. Uh, moving on yeah. to a little bit of news. Zack Snyder sat down with uh, YouTube personality Grace Randolph, and mm. they were talking about a rain. Yeah, I, well, I'm not even touching that one. Did you did you watch that whole video? I watched a decent chunk. Yeah, of it. she's hard. To, she's hard to deal with, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I didn't what, watch what, it, but now I have to. It's like, it's so. like, what do you mean, It's, it's, Scott? Like, it's like Dee Dee from Dexter's Laboratory is a real person, and she's interviewing people <laughs> who are all, like, nervous about her energy, but they're all just being real polite about it. <laughs> oh, that sounds like my kind of fucking video. Dude, oh, was, I can't wait to watch she's this. She's, like, so, like, <laughs> Zach! She what also, did you think I mean, about that? You're like, oh, my God, tone it the fuck I, down. I know, it's, I know it's a little, like, sexist to, to make a joke about her looks because she's a female Don't YouTube personality. Well, it's not her, not, like, like, she has so much eye makeup on it looks like she's about she's trying to put on the fucking cow oh like, yeah as a yeah double for it, looks like, it looks like, like she like, put that shit on with a shotgun I, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that was i no, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, because no no you, you, the only thing you're allowed to say about about uh people you know about women now i think is you can make fun of their eyebrows because that's fair game for everybody right we all agree right oh of course. sure yeah if you've got a weak brow game you're gonna hear about it and your makeup you know because that's 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 a matter of technique and skill that's not something that you can't learn <laughs> and and on the other side uh, Zack Snyder man he only gets he only gets cuter with age that cute old man look at him uh, very rustic round. just like just salt and pepper we're getting we're getting back on, we're getting man. back on that train aren't we <laughs> <laughs> gonna take me out back and show me his tractor and all the it's gonna have the, it's just what? the right amount of rust on it does he live in a, does he live in a we farm? like tall men <laughs> aged between 45 and 55 on the cynical nerd what's the big deal 
Right. I don't, Timothy I don't Oliphant, Timi- we love you. Tim- yeah, Timothy Oliphant. John Stewart, we love you. Yeah. Yeah. Timothy Oliphant's giant hog. Remember? He had a whole segment <laughs> on it. Uh, so the whole point of this... Uh, <laughs> conversation wow. was to say that he sat down <laughs> yeah in case you need any more proof that we go off on tangents on this podcast just um, just full circle you, full circle right back to the glory hole you know what i mean it's like just a revolving door <laughs> bring it right back <laughs> Come right on back to that glory hole uh, <laughs> so well, I'll, for the third time i'll try to start this without getting derailed by either my own brain or one of you Zack snyder sat down with grace randolph to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> and they talked about bringing back Jared Leto, which is a confirmation of rumors, which is a confirmation of rumors that we had heard previously. And he let slip that he's giving Jared Leto a new look. So he might not look like as much of a piece of garbage on screen that he did in Suicide Squad. <laughs> not a lot to not not a lot to go off of there. Uh, just a nice piece of information that a he will be in it because this guy's got four fucking hours to fill so yeah. i mean bring back everybody fuck it except for um, except for amber heard <clears throat> fuck out of here right you, you actually cut her was she in <laughs> was she in the justice i don't even remember no, was that, she in it she was supposed to be i actually think she was in the first trailer for it the one that zach cut Right. Uh, because we've had this conversation and we're not doing it again, but DC tried to jump in the deep end and do Justice League way too early. And therefore they had to introduce a bunch of shit like, I don't know how Aquaman got like the Trident and everything. So there's I think there was a scene where he goes to Atlantis to get the Trident and uh, he talks to her. For, he, oh, yeah. She's totally in the, the actual movie. And I think she was mm-hmm. supposed to have more of a presence in. The Snyder cut, but uh, you know he could just cut all that out. Imagine having to like have the errand of going what if to that's get your what signature the weapon. Snyder cut is. He just cuts Amber Heard out like the twenty seconds she's in it. Like, that's the Snyder cut, baby. That, Fucking that's ten out of ten across the board. You you already know someone. You already know someone's gonna make a Justice for Depp cut. You know what I mean? Like Justice for Depp, Justice parentheses for Depp and parentheses League, uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna be just that. It's gonna be this entire four hour extravaganza with. All the scenes that Amber Heard would have been in with someone like maybe Johnny Depp's head crudely photoshopped South Park, right. South Park like, celebrity yeah, stuff. Like, Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on the flip side, everybody who uh, supports Amber Heard would make a cut where they named the, the villain Depp side. Mm. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it was a bad joke and I had I couldn't help myself. <laughs> How do you guys feel about a new look for Jared Leto? Yay, nay. Uh, of course the answer's yay. Yeah. Yeah. It better not be fucking nay. Uh, I mean, it's J- Jared's uh, uh Jared Leto's Joker was just horrendous. It's 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 terrible. I don't know what else to say about it. Like we've been having this conversation before this podcast. Yeah. It's terrible down to the damage on his thing and oh, the ha God, ha yeah. ha. Imagine Joker just sitting there and letting someone tattoo like, "Yeah, just like that." Uh, ha ha. Make yeah. it look all crazy. Like it makes no sense whatsoever. Um I get they wanted to like recreate the character, but it didn't fucking work. I don't know what they're going to do. I hope they just like get rid of Jared Leto too and like get someone completely new to, but obviously that's not going to happen, but I I don't know what else to say. I I, I hope they from the ground up as much as they can possibly change it is exactly how much they could change it. Yeah, I feel like it's this, (laughs) this interview is very, very telling of how butthurt Jared Leto was about the entire thing. Like it's been, he's been public about oh, it. Oh, good point. But, yeah, but, the, but the way, the way Zack Snyder talks about like getting Jared Leto back on board, he was very gracious about hero. And which means like basically means Leto was a whiny bitch about it. And was still, yeah. was still pouting in the corner. Like, Cause no one liked his 
shitty aesthetic, his shitty delivery, his weird voice. Like, how do you yeah. how do you follow Heath Ledger and think that Hot Topic Joker is the way to go? You know what I mean? Like, I would I would rather watch a version of that of that original Suicide Squad movie where they had a, a Heath Ledger uh, Funko Pop stand in instead of Jared Leto and has had Mark Hamill voice it. Like, <laughs> brilliant. Well, World. that's actually a really yeah, good yeah. idea. Can World, we do that? Yeah, worlds yeah. ahead of where we are with 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 Leto. Uh, but it's it's just very telling that like Leto is such a pouty baby. Like I, I, I would say that I'd be I would be even like mildly excited to see what Snyder's vision for him would be. But I feel like just I I have such a distaste for Jared Leto based on his entire like the entire like behind the scenes reveals like everything that went on on set there, and just his his sour grapes post Suicide Squad that. I just don't want to see him ever again, like ever. Anytime I, I see, I saw him in the fucking what was it? Uh, uh, the Harrison Ford futuristic robot fucking Blade Runner. Blade, I saw him in the Blade, Blade, Runner, in the Blade yeah. Runner sequel. Even there, I'm just like, oh, uh, you know, he his wa- whole he's yeah, tarnished you, now. You yeah. know, you know, he walked around like with, like with those fucking contacts in twelve to f- to twenty four hours a day minimum, just to like, just to be like in character. Like he wore a blindfold yeah. everywhere just because he's a fucking cunt. I hate him. I hate <laughs> I, him so I, much. I, I, I want him to go I know away. I know we're ragging on him, but he was he was he was fine in Blade Runner. He's he was good. okay in Blade Runner. He's <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> but I know what you mean when you see him. It's like, oh, it's that yeah. fucking cunt that was in just yeah. Sometimes you just need but to you go back okay to that, in it, yeah. Though. Sometimes I just need to go back and like watch that scene of Fight Club where he gets his teeth knocked out. I'm just like, oh, God, that's okay. <laughs> uh, rewind one more right. time. I'm getting close. We've got <laughs> one uh, one more controversial topic to talk about, and then we're going to get into our main topics we are moving at a good pace i'm proud of yeah, all of us yeah. for not rambling too too much uh this next one oh it's divisive uh <laughs> gina carano has said some has said some off-color shit on social media about uh trans folks and i don't know probably everybody you love they've you know anything in life that you that you have any affinity for she's probably said something off-color about because it seems to just be her mo on social media. So there's been a petition going around to have her replaced with the frog lady in the rest of her scenes. Brilliant. So again, you know, we're like Derek said earlier, we're there's another, another topic today talking about, you know, cancel culture and, and, and what the ramifications of that can sometimes be. And uh, I will have, I'll have Derek start. How do you, what, what are your thoughts on this situation? Um, I thought it was going to be way less bad than it was turns out her opinions are pretty shitty on a lot of things um they're pretty bad and that really was kind of a boner dethroner because i really do oh prior to like boner really dethroner episode title <laughs> episode eight the boner dethroner uh, i mean we'll, we'll uh, think about it we all we all had second thoughts after we put butthole in the last one so we'll, you know yeah, boner might yeah boner might you know that is, a, qu- that is a quality fucking <laughs> entry, though. Um, <laughs> but it's so anyway, it sucked. It was disappointing. Continue, Kingslayer. <laughs> uh, it sucked, right? Because you like her character. You like she's married to Henry Cavill, so you assume that she's like a great person. Turns out she has shitty opinions. Um, oh, fuck, do I does think that mean? That, oh no, does that mean? Does that mean Henry Cavill thinks these things too? Oh possible, no, man. No, no, I, lo- no, I love him. No, Please no. don't sully my we vision. We love Henry. Henry, it's possible. I, I, but- I, I hope he's in line behind Timothy Oliphant at <laughs> the glory hole. 
I got more knobs to slob. Get in here. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I wanna, I wanna, what I'm, all right. It's not that bad, guys. All I'm saying is I want to see that super hog. <laughs> I want to see a sweet hog. That's it. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. Please continue, Derek. No, no, no. Go, go, go on. Tell us about you want to suck Superman's Tell cock. Tell us more about the hogs. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anything else to say. How many veins do you <laughs> hope it has? <laughs> What's the minimum amount of veins? How angry do you, do you want his pubic hair to look? Like, like when you when you picture it, is it is it more? Is it like a Count Olaf? Uh, is it like I is it well cut? <laughs> I, I was gonna go with Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah. like I already know what I look. <laughs> yo, yo, oh my god! I feel like I already know what it looks can, like. Can you imagine I've seen like his chest hair? Can you imagine like like you're for some reason you're a single man in your forties. You meet you meet this old this this nice older woman. She's like forty five. You know, maybe forty eight. Only eight year difference. You don't want to die alone. The end's coming. Uh, so you, you go on a date with her, and, and then you know things are going well. You go home, you get ready to hook up, and you pull her panties down, and all her pussy reminds you of his Christopher Lloyd. Could you imagine, <laughs> Marty? <laughs> <laughs> that was a long. Ready that to- was a long walk for a very small payoff, and I'm sorry, but <laughs> I had to get it out of my head, or it was never going to go anywhere. <laughs> Well, it, I mean, if you pull the pants down and you see Christopher Lloyd, then you should just buckle up to go 88 miles per hour. I was going to say 88 finish, strokes per finish, minute. <laughs> finish, finish, just finish that bad boy off. All right, Derek, before you, I was, you were so rudely interrupted. That, uh, <laughs> sorry. So she has shitty opinions, right? Do I think very. that she should be fired? Not, no, not really. I mean, I don't think that, again, she's not saying anything that's like um, uh, directly damning anyone. It makes me like feel less... Uh, uh, less like I want to see anything else she's in, right? But like the fact that she's already in, I don't see the point in like firing her. She didn't, again, like she's not saying racial slurs. She's like liking posts of people very regularly that have very shitty opinions. I know that she had yeah. put her pronouns on Twitter as like beep, beep, boop, boop or something, yeah. um, which was, you know, a, a, a joke made in poor taste. But again, yeah, it's not, it's not like the most inflammatory thing that anyone has ever said about trans people. Um. I don't know. Sometimes people who do good work have really shitty opinions. I just found out today that the guitarist from Deftones is an anti-vaxxer and a flat earther. So it's oh, like sometimes. No. You, yeah, I know. Right. But I don't want him to quit. I need them I Deftones jams. <laughs> so I don't know. I think she's a piece of shit, but it, it's not like I'm not like grabbing my pitchfork and wanting her to be fired. It'll just prevent me from really wanting to I- support her in the future, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I not for nothing, but flat earthers are the one group yeah, of people that I, I wish would, would fall off of a skyscraper lemming style. I can't just because I can't I mean, get that out of my head. Like that, that song, like there's yeah, a hole in the time. earth has a whole new meaning now. He thinks yeah. it's really <laughs> flat. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's a hole in the earth. Like I can t- I can deal. With, I'm going to deal with Chino never taking one fucking singing lesson because it's endearing and I love him. But I can't yeah. deal. I can't deal with your guitar player being a flat earther, man. Yeah, it makes it makes, those, it makes those those lazy, sludgy, bouncy rhythm sections way less tolerable to me. They, they lose a <laughs> yeah. little bit of their simplistic charm, and I know that he's actually a simpleton. <laughs> God damn it! Oh shit! All right, um, Scott, how do you how do you feel about Gina Carano and her poor comments? Um, I mean, it's difficult. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence about this because I I, I don't I, I hate continuity issues so much. Like if, if they decide that they're gonna get rid of her, they better kill her off. I don't want to see someone else playing that fucking character. Like you're like 
Filoni, I'm sorry. I know you're, you're passionate. I know everything you do has a very distinct purpose. You have a, a, a singular vision. But if, you, if you're going to have to get rid of her, you got to kill her. I don't want to see someone else playing the same character because I can't get over it. I can't. It just it bothers me so much. I'm still hung up on Maggie Gyllenhaal being fucking Katie Holmes <laughs> in, in The Dark Knight. I can't fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like we could never got especially because she's a worse, worse actress in like every way. Yeah, yeah. Imagine. Like, but also like I just I have a soft spot for Katie Holmes, and I I, I hope she's doing okay wherever she is. I hope, <laughs> I hope whatever I hope whatever room she's chained up in has soft carpeting. <laughs> oh God, Katie Holmes, I love your stroke <laughs> smile. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, like to to me, like the. The transphobic stuff she did, like that's, I think that's extremely insulting. I, I get that, that a lot of people are exhausted by uh, left book kind of stuff, like people, like like you know, people who uh, are offended by everything and people who want you to cater to every single whim. I don't view, I don't think trans people are under that umbrella though. They're just asking for you to respect who they are as a human being, and that's something we yeah. it takes literally no effort. You know, like you can yeah. tell, you can tell me to call you flower, and guess what, bro, you're flowered out. I don't give a fuck. I might fuck up. Right. There might be a transitional period for me where I'm still saying the wrong name or actually calling you like saying the wrong pronoun. But it's again, it's intent. Her intent is to make light of something that's not really funny. Uh, mm-hmm. And her her views on anti mask and and the the political stuff where she's you know saying that there's election election fraud, like all that shit's getting thrown out of court. Like it's not even a, it's not even a political statement to say that there has been no proof of voter fraud yet because every single case that's been brought before the court has been thrown out. So either every Republican and Democratic judge who's seen these things so far is corrupt and somehow like on, on Sleepy Joe's side or it's just there's nothing there. And she's she's just kind of like retweeting crazy conspiracy theories with no backing. And it's just the anti-mask stuff especially is dangerous because people could die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like, for sure, you might you might need to trim out some of the shit I just said. I know I, that, that's probably a little too much, but it's I mean, it's like, fuck her. But continuity is important. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that you took your uh, selfish views of hating continuity errors into account for that conversation. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, no, like, no, I, no. I, I, I understand why people would want her gone. I just say if you're going to get rid of her, like I, I could give a shit less. Like I don't think she really adds anything to the show. She's not a necessity, like an, an integral part of this of this show in any way, shape, or form. It's cool to see her. Right. She's beautiful, and she I liked yeah. I liked the character she portrayed. And up until I knew about all this, I I thought I liked her as a person as well she seemed like all the behind the scenes stuff that i watched all the docuseries she seemed charming and well-spoken and intelligent oh yeah we, i forgot we def- about that we can definitely strike intelligent from the board now because she's a fucking waterhead but <laughs> but uh, i love waterhead as an insult it's yeah. not my favorite yeah it just it's means so simple it just means so you, got, you got a tiny brain and all the extra space is just full of fluid it's just <laughs> just jiggling around up there you yeah. fucking idiot <laughs> like oh <laughs> uh. I mean, I, I uh, you know, I'm on basically the same exact page as the both of you. Uh, I think more so to Scott's side and, and by Scott's side, I mean, like the slight difference where I'm like, I don't know, like this is really straddling the line of like me feeling like she does actually need to get fired over that shit. Like, like, I don't know. I, I am on the fence. So, yes, selfishly, I do also hate continuity errors. So kill her off. Do it with CG if you have to. I don't care. Just kill her off. Yeah, uh, the Sarlacc. But. <laughs> Oh, I uh, just hope a crate dragon doesn't come by and eat that motherfucker <laughs> and get and get you out. So on the other hand, the comments she made are real bad. And we sent the article and we were all reading them like, oh, well, this problem. What did she say? Did she? And I was like, oh, no, she said that shit like Jesus Christ, Gina Carano. Uh, yeah, I real disappointed in her views. And not only that, but like 
just keep them to your fucking self. Like, why is it? Yeah. I don't know. Why, why? Not only it's what makes me really kind of err on the side of like, like kind of pushing towards getting rid of her in this situation, because they're real. like, you can think these shitty things, but to then put them out on Twitter, knowing that it's going to hurt the feelings and antagonize the people who are, you're making fun of. It seems malicious yeah. in a way that is not fucking cool. It you're like, like the bully in, in fucking grade school who like waits for you to come outside and then takes your fucking lunch money and eats the food he bought with it in front of you. Like, it's just like an extra. Did this happen to you, Chris? <laughs> no, uh, that that's my sense Chris. of humor was, was derived as an escape mechanism from being picked on. Thank you. Same. <laughs> yeah, basically yeah. I had, I had kids who wanted to mess with me in fourth grade. And then by the end of fourth grade, we were all best friends because I don't know. I guess I was lovable back then. I don't know what happened. I, but I just talk shit until I get into, into physical scam. fights with people all the time. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then they'd leave you alone, and then you just try again with a new group of people. That's how you do it. Just, <laughs> just migrating constantly. Oh no, no, that's no, a, no, not like that. <laughs> that's actually the circle of life. The circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Sneak peek. No, because it's it's so it's you're basically you're it's essentially mocking a facet of your fan base because everyone loves like most people right. enjoy Star Wars. Why would you pick yeah. on somebody who's enjoying, you know, like enjoying your show? It doesn't make any fucking sense. And even if they aren't fans, why the fuck? Like you get paid to keep your fucking mouth shut regarding all, you know, uh, specific details of, of plot threads on the show. You have a non-disclosure. Right. Why can't you just keep your fucking mouth shut the same way about stuff that you know is going to offend or hurt somebody? You know I mean, yeah, like, but you like, know, it's going to like inflame situations on social media. Like it's yeah, just like a bad fucking idea. I, I think when you get into a, uh, the realm of like you know policing thoughts it's it's dangerous you can't tell them they can't think a certain way but you sure as shit can like like we said before vote with your dollar and boycott the fuck right. out of anything they're a part of if you disagree with with the way that they're portraying themselves and the way they're representing the medium that they're a part of so uh, and that's right. why that's where i kind of like I, I i just don't like i don't like when we get into this territory of like um you know we want people to be quiet only when they're saying things that we don't like i think that like you see it on on the other side of the aisle is that like people like basketball players will make some political political stance and like a newscaster on Fox is like, oh, just shut up and dribble. Well, you know, right. they, they have a voice and they're allowed to use it and they have to deal with the consequences of using their voice if they choose to. So I don't right. really like getting into that, like, oh, we'll just, you know, be quiet. She should be able to say whatever she wants. But I again, I also have the ability to go, well, I don't like what you said. So I'm not really going to support the things that you do moving forward. Like, right. It, it's just kind of a bad look. I, and I agree with everything you're saying. It's like you have a you have a very fucking loud voice in comparison to, you know, the average person. And so to say it in, uh, to use it, to say things that um, could potentially cause harm to people is obviously like, it's irresponsible. But again, it's like, I just don't like saying, Oh, well, why doesn't you just keep your mouth shut? Because it just, we get into that territory where it's like, well, we only kind of ever want people to keep their mouths shut when it's people that are saying what we don't like. When people are saying things we do like, we want their voice to be louder. I think everybody should kind of have the same voice and everybody should be able to react to it kind of just however they want. I don't know. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. She should be allowed to say these things. She should also be uh, ready for the consequences of saying those things. She, she should be ready for it might not even be uh, Disney's first thought to fire her for these thoughts on Twitter. But if enough people pressure Disney because she's offended that many folks, yeah. then she's got to deal with the loss of income and the yeah. consequences, uh, you know, yeah. in society. Two, two things. Um, <clears throat> I, I get where you're coming from, Derek, and I agree. I, I don't like, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that she shouldn't be able to say what she wants. She should. 
But I do think it's important that we, we make it clear for people who are listening that there is a difference between like somebody who's making a political statement about like, you know, systematic racism or police brutality and somebody who's down punching and picking on a group of people that did nothing. Uh, I know, I know that's what you meant. I, I know you weren't trying to like equate the two, but I just wanted to draw that line there for people who are listening. So yeah. we don't get misconstrued. I know all three of us are on right. the same page. I want to make sure the listeners are, because this is again, one of those very trippy, tricky, tricky topics uh, where people will try to, you know, they'll try to tell you what your intent is. They'll try to misrepresent things you say, if they disagree with you uh, or if they think they do. Uh, secondly, right. secondly, Disney literally had James Gunn sitting in the fucking corner for a year and a half. Yeah. Over, <laughs> over five, over five year old tweets. And this shit's going on on a daily basis and they haven't reacted to it. I just want to yeah. see yeah. fucking consistency. Either you give a shit or you don't, don't fucking pick and choose and play favorites based on which, which is, which is your hot commodity at the time. Yeah. Like if right. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 had done as well as the first one, you think they would have had James Gunn sitting in the corner? You know what I mean? No. Like it's just it's, mm-hmm. it's be, be transparent about your motivation. Like the, the, right. about- and also like, like let's compare apples to apples. Like his tweets were clearly supposed to be a joke. They were so over the fucking top offensively. Yeah. He was clearly trying way too fucking hard. Yeah, gross. But uh, yeah, they were. I mean, they were pretty gross jokes. They were they were kind of disgusting. But it's pretty obvious that those things were all meant to be funny whereas gina carano i don't know maybe she thinks those are funny to a very small subset of people but they're fucking not and she should suffer the ramifications for saying those things publicly yeah all right uh keeping in the vein of the mandalorian we're moving into our main topics at the hour mark we're oh. doing good. We got. Yeah. We're making good time. We're gonna move into yeah. me taking a PP. Actually, this, this is our. Oh, well, that's fine. This is our best lap here, boys. You realize that, right? This, this is good. First, it's pretty good, right? This first time we got. This first time we got to our entire week in review before Derek had to pee and before we got to our main topics. Or, and under, <laughs> yeah. an, we, uh, under we're, an hour, we're right? Doing it. Yeah. Yeah. What we're doing right now is we're racing against the ghost of ourselves on the previous lap Yo, and all the fucking don't, Grand Turismo don't, games. Don't say that, man. That reminds me of that story about that guy whose dad died when he was little, and then he would race his father's ghost car. You ever heard that story? No. I'll throw off. Well, we're going to Jim Henson this. We're all going to have a good cry off off podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, then, please. And, off and, podcast. And then come back and we'll talk about it next week. Or maybe we won't. Right, maybe cool. we'll just we'll, we'll share our thoughts in the in the group chat. Um, all right. I'm ready to look into it. In, in this time where we normally would do, do talking shit, I think we've decided that talking shit works better when all three of us are on the same page equally hating something. Uh, yeah. So I would like to take a moment to show for HBO Max again, if I can. Uh, I, I was honestly blown away to see if they had like Looney Tunes and shit on there. Like, like, there's, yeah. like, there's a whole bunch of shit. Like, uh, I do think it is kind of fucked up that that uh, Sesame Street went from being on PBS, public, like public free TV, to being on a to HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, where it's like, I mean, the, yeah. the budget's better, uh, but come on, you know what I mean? Kind of fucked yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, shilling for HBO Max aside, I can also use this quiet time to go. Hey guys, uh, you can check us out on Twitter. At the Schmeg Nerd, you can come like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash cynical nerd. You can ask us questions by using the hashtag AskTCN on Twitter. You can send us an email by emailing us at questions at the cynical nerd dot com. And I'm glad I was able to get that out of the way while, while Derek's yeah. hopefully taking a pee yeah. and not a shit. Now, I'm going to mess with him because he's not going to have any idea what we're talking about. When he comes right. back, I'm going to be in the middle of a bit and you have to, you have to act like it's the funniest thing you've ever heard. So he's going to be like, what the fuck did I miss? Oh, you you better say something funny because I can't fake laugh like that. Right. It's very obvious when I'm when I'm you know. Okay, all right. Well, um, well, I'm gonna say something ridiculous. Uh, but okay. But the, the, what we're gonna do is we're gonna, we're gonna train him like through ABA to pee faster. So he's always gonna think he's missed he missed a banger that he wasn't a part of something really funny. Okay. But also, there's there's a chance that he'll listen back to this podcast and then know what the plan is. Uh, that's true. Oh, you're right. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have to. 
for this one, we'll have to keep it where it w- I'll, I'll I'll do my best. I'll take my glasses off and cover my face. Okay. And uh, that that'll probably work out mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, before he comes back. So uh, once again, to remind you guys, we have three topics. We're going through a little more in depth this week. Uh, Mandalorian episode three, season two, episode three. Um, the lighthouse, which I've just witnessed today, I guess yeah, is the word I'll use. Real sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> and Last of Us Two, and uh, we have thoughts of. So Last of Us Two might seem like it came out of nowhere. Obviously, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know we've been discussing it for a while. Oh, here it comes uh, Derek. <laughs> Woo! and Garden Weaver's puckering butthole. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like a good one. Like, like an old, like an old timey, like an old timey prospector. Like he just struck over, like woo, Sigourney Weaver's puckering butthole. Like, yeah, I bet it has the beak, like a squid's doing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like if I saw that, I would come harder than I ever did. My like be like my magnum strokus. Oh man, oh, Magnus Strokus. Jesus. Oh boy, you really missed a good one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Uh so we're getting right into <laughs> The Mandalorian season 2 episode 3. And I said I was going first. And I said I was going first because boy oh boy did I fucking love this episode. Let me let me give you an inkling of why. One giant Star Wars fan. No, I'm kidding. Uh one the show feels like it finally kicked off. Like we had the first two episodes the first one, obviously, uh, they sort of set the stage for where we are and where they want to go. But the first the rest of episode one and two all felt like they were middling. were kind of hanging out in this universe, just having newer adventures. This episode really felt like shit kicked up a notch. And I have to say, like, from start to finish, it just it fucking moved like the episode starts with them reentering an atmosphere which I think is something we haven't really seen much in Star Wars besides like, I don't know, uh, episode three where they crash the cruiser into Coruscant. Um, you know, but like, I feel like reentry, it, it felt like a, a NASA mission as opposed to like a Star Wars ship on reentry. Uh, and then it just, it went from there and we got so many cool things this episode. We got the Mon, Mon Cala, uh, you know, we got the, the Quarrens in the episode who turned out, surprise, the guys that look like they're from Pirates of the Caribbean, Davy Jones Locker, are bad guys. Wow, wow. Uh, and then we got what yeah, is arguably... Like this. Yeah, they just look fucking mad and, and they all got tentacles. And we know what you want to do with those tentacles and get away from my butthole corn. I feel like, I feel uh, like, I feel like uh, if, if we lived in a galaxy far, far away and you said something like that, you'd be cancelled for it. <laughs> You say, something, you say something about an entire alien species. You just single them all. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I did. I, I, I just broad brushed the Do whole species. Do better, Chris. Do better. <laughs> but I don't want to get into too many specifics because these are general thoughts. I, I loved this episode start to finish. I, I feel like it was an action packed thrill ride. It was it was uh, a lot of really badass uh, fighting happened in this episode. And then the topper on the fucking lore cake that is Star Wars <laughs> sometimes was was Bo-Katan uh, cries. From House Cries, House Crees, I forget how you pronounce it, making her live action debut, a character that has been in the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. And has, if you are a Star Wars fan who has seen those things, you know a great deal about her. Her storyline has been expanded upon quite heavily. So to see that and not only to have her show up, but to have her that was the that's the woman who voice acted her in the series. She just happens to also look surprisingly similar to the character. Yeah. Uh, Katie Sackoff. And I thought. It was done 
wonderfully. Her her costume design looked exactly the same as in live action stuff. It gives me very great hope for Ahsoka Tano's eventual debut. And I have to say, before I hand off the reins to Scott to see how he felt about it, I didn't think uh, Bo-Katan appearing was going to make me feel anything. But I, I know I've I joked about like, pro- <laughs> I, OK, <laughs> sorry. You went six to midnight, huh? Continue. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> little. Uh, I didn't think. Yes, I know I've been joking. Yes. <laughs> I know I've been joking about like crying, actual nerd tears about seeing Ahsoka Tano. I felt emotional things about seeing Bo Katan show up on the screen. I I don't know why. Maybe it's just the, the the giant Star Wars nerd in me. I'm like, I know. I'm like, oh my god, her sister is Satine, who is a love interest to Obi Wan. She's been in the same room as Darth Maul and Obi Wan Kenobi. Like this, this is. I'm seeing. This is. Exactly what I've always wanted Disney to do when they took over Star Wars, which was to meld these things that I love together and have them cross over in a really satisfying way. And uh, and once again, I think they did that. They pulled off that Star Wars stunt very well, where if you know who she is, it's a huge payoff. And if you don't know who she is, they give you enough backstory about who she is to make her arc in the episode meaningful and make sense. Uh, And now that I've rambled incoherently for quite some time, Scott. How did you feel about episode three? Uh, we just doing like a, a brief overview. Sure. If that's what I mean, that's what I was aiming for. All right, I, I, I apologize. Well, I mean, uh, I so long. I, I think so far, this is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, I think when Bryce Dallas Howard directs episodes, they, they tend to be like. Usually, usually some of my favorite of the season. Uh, yeah, like like season one, like the, the four, like the, the villagers defending, defending the, the village. Uh, I guess the, the AT-AT was, was incredible. Uh, we we kind of get a similar kind of like uh, well not not a similar narrative but we get like kind of a similar vibe here like there's so much being introduced there's so many emotional connections we see in this episode uh, like first of all frog lady reuniting with frog man oh my god like I didn't think I was gonna give a shit because I was so sick of her shit at the end of last week's episode yeah but, but you, I felt you, the same you, way. you instantly feel for them um and like you know just there there was a lot to it um I'm not as familiar with the character as you are I did read up a little bit uh. Once once I saw her in the show, I was like, "Well, fuck! I gotta go back and watch, you know, Clone Wars now. I gotta I gotta sit through this seven seasons of backstory. I need to know more about this character because she's gonna become a pivotal part of the Mandalorian. It's clear. Like like not only was not yeah. only was this this our jump off point for season two, it's kind of giving us the first glimpse of what feels like a much bigger arc for this entire series in a way. Yeah, you know, like this is the first time he, you, you were realizing that uh, the Mandalorian is part of a religious sect. It's not the way all Mandalorians operate, or he's realizing that at least. Uh, yeah. And and we're seeing, you know, we're seeing uh, what's the groundwork for look, what looks like it's going to be like, you know, uh, a re- reuniting of the tribes of, of Mandalore and, you know, take it, take him back to Darksaber, take him back, taking the fight back to their home planet and reclaiming what's theirs, uh, which yeah. which may be like one of the one of the bigger themes of the series, which it, it seems like it could be really cool to see it start small and build up to something that is more gra- like a grand scope where there's a lot more at stake than just the Mando and Baby Yoda's life. Baby Yoda's. Derek, how'd you feel about this episode? Uh, I'm super conflicted about this episode. Really, what? really conflicted. Yeah, genuinely. Uh, let me start with the things that I liked about it. Um, first of all, before you even said it, one thing that was like very, I, I loved Frog Lady and Mr. Frog's reunion. It was really sweet. Like, it was really tender. Like, you I know, don't know, as like, much I, as I like felt as something m- from it. <laughs> As much as I hate to say it, it would not have been that impactful if we didn't know what she went through to get here. So as much as it was filler last episode, it's yeah. partly the reason you cared so much when they, she got. They could have done no, it better. I agree. She was going. 
I agree. And also, Mr. Frog clearly could not wait to just pump his cum into those <laughs> eggs because it was like the next scene. There were tadpoles. It's like oh, they show no. up, they hug, and he just fucking dumps right into the tub so that they can be oh, 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 thank God you're here. I've been holding on to this massive fucking yeah. load. <laughs> we need to get inside right now. He is one. Pop the top on them eggs, baby. One light breeze away from a Konami. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. All but, right. uh, Derek, can just, yeah. in, in general, I thought that the episode, again, speaking of the things that I liked about it, it was very visceral uh, from when they uh, the landing in the very beginning feels like you're there. You can almost like feel the fucking ocean splashing up on you. Um, yep. Just like, uh, you know, when they're trying to write the ship and everything, it was very like intense. Um, and I like that in shows and movies when you kind of forget that you're watching a show for a second. Um, the things I didn't like about it were I first watched it when I came home from work on Friday and I was tired and I was kind of like limp dick about it. Like it wasn't the worst, but not the greatest either. Um, and then after you're you kind of like Mr. Frog after you dropped that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but after you had I, I had no idea that anybody in this character was like anyone already in the lore. So when you had posted that, you know. YouTube video to us and I watched it. I rewatched it again today and I liked it a little better now knowing that there was like backstory to these characters. Um, but a part of me is like, I don't want to have to watch hours and hours and hours of the clone wars and rebels in order to feel something for the rest of the episode. So I just hope like that, that thing was unique to this episode or at least unique to me with this episode and that I don't feel like I'm missing out the rest of the season if I don't watch that stuff. So you're mad because it made you feel like you're missing out on something. Is that what that's what I'm <laughs> am I in, interpreting that right? It's, it's I'm right. not mad. I'm not mad. And it wasn't bad. It, it, like I said, I'm just conflicted. It was kind of like, eh, it didn't quite hit it for me. But so, I don't know Bogotan. Like I, this is my yeah. first time I ever saw her. Because so it's it going to happen again because the Sokotano is coming. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course. At least um, one more time. Yeah. So that was my only real uh, only real gripe about it. And we've talked a lot about how you shouldn't have to, uh, sit through dozens of hours of something before it gets good or makes sense. Um, so hopefully, I don't know. So does that mean you disagree that I thought that, uh, even if you didn't know anything about her, like her arc was still fine. Like I do. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Like it just didn't, um, like speaking as someone who's never seen any of it. And now obviously I know like the, the, the like topical her background story the topical version of it um right. but it's still not like i didn't watch that show like you did and like go through all of that with those characters so it's still like just like reading a reading a wikipedia article or something yeah. um so but it wasn't as like her character was cool um she was just magnificent to look at of course but it wasn't like oh she was she didn't take me off my feet until i knew what she was doing there and why she was there Sorry, guys, we just had a, a little bit of a technical blip here uh, with one of our recordings. So we'll, if if what we are, if what I'm able to do after for editing does not work, we're going to have a shorter uh, thing go up where it's just going to be our main topics. And then we'll we'll figure out a way to to make up for that midweek this week. Anyway, uh, we're in the midst of talking about the Mandalorian season uh, two, episode three which is called the heiress and deals with Bo-Katan showing up. I was just, um, I, I was basically, I'm just jizzing, uh, all over my mouse and keyboard at the first live action appearance of this character. And, uh, we were I was in the, kind of in the middle of talking about how her arc in that 
episode really still kind of works for me, you know, apart from knowing who she is. And I mean, there's a couple things that it works for it. Like, it, like I said, it shows us that he's part of a religious sect and those questions were there since the beginning of the series, right? Like he's not never taken his helmet off, but if you've watched anything else or seen anything else, Star Wars related, you know that that's not the case for most Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. So the mystery of like, why does he behave in this manner? And, and honestly, it was, it was satisfying to hear her. She, she actually said, you're, you're a child of the watch. And basically, basically it was like a knowing, like, yeah. Oh, you're with the crazies. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. there's a real red state situation, you know? Cause that's, <laughs> So obviously she knows who Kevin Smith is. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked that reveal. Uh, and there's a couple things like that in the episode. I mean, we got, we got to see the genocidal baby Oods, uh, you know, his, his wonderment at seeing those eggs hatch into tadpoles. And also that's probably the first real racking of guilt he's ever felt in his life. He, <laughs> he was like, popping. <laughs> He was popping those eggs like Tic Tacs, bro. He was. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, there's not a whole lot more that I can say about the episode other than that. I, I really felt like the story has kicked into high gear. Uh, the episode felt like it was moving at, a, you know, a high pace the entire time. It's, it starts off with the, the atmosphere reentry. You know, we, we, we go through these this kind of great adventure where the, the Mon Cal is trying to piece together his ship with, I don't know, ropes, because that's a fucking thing. Uh, and we get to watch him have all these all these awesome battles of this whole episode and until they 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 actually have to save an Imperial cruiser from crashing into the, the sea. And it, it just it came off as fucking really fun for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited for next episode. Um, I hated the music. Scott- that's another one. I hated the music. <laughs> You hated I felt like music. I was watching Blade, like with Wesley Snipes, dude. It was so it was like like weird techno. Oh man, Blade with get... Wesley Snipes. Yeah, was that Wesley Snipes? <laughs> yeah. No. Who the fuck? No. No, no, no. My my stupid brain heard the words Blade Runner because oh, okay. we mentioned <laughs> we like... mentioned that earlier, and I was like, wait, <laughs> was what are like, you oh, doing? No. <laughs> like, no, dude, it's, de- weird... dude, it's definitely Snipes. <laughs> are we in? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, definitely. Quick, definitely. Quick question: uh, Does anyone know what a Dianaga is? No, uh, they are. I, I believe we see a giant Dianaga in the hull of the ship when Baby Yoda is almost oh. sacrificed. I can't confirm or deny. I know in Star Wars canon, they usually live in like the sewer systems, like in human waste, essentially like water and and, and poo poo. Uh, so it's, it's like it's like the entire population of Louisiana uh, <laughs> oh. in, in Star Wars canon. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, should, so it's he, like Gina Carano. He but should. you got me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, you like that one? Uh, um, but it looked it looked like Dianaga to me, uh, and they they were an enemy type in the again to throw throw it back to Star Wars: Shadow of the Empire in the video game. They're there; they're the only enemy type you fight in the sewers, aside from some stormtroopers. Uh, and they are obviously they're in the they're in the book when uh, Dash Rendar makes his his uh, does like his big, big break in to the Prince's Palace. Um, I'm not sure if that's what it was. That's what it looked like. And I think if, if that is, if I can confirm that next week, I'll be super excited. Cause that's a really cool, deep little piece of lore to like an Easter egg to slip in there for longtime fans. Right. Yeah. You're talking about that little squid thing that he was like, yeah, like, at the very yeah. end of the episode. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the very end of the episode, but then I think there was also a bigger one of that in the boot where, uh, the where, thing they kicked baby Yoda. Yeah, into. Where, where oh, okay. Okay. I got you. Yeah. 
Big tooth pussy that, creature. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Dying that's a, that's actually what George Lucas called it originally. <laughs> yeah, big, big, uh, big tooth pussy. Tooth pussy. Like, George, we've talked about this. <laughs> yeah. You got to dial it back, man. This, these are kids movies. You're taking the kids on a tour through Skywalker Ranch. You can't talk like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just this episode really served to get me excited for the next episode. And I, I can't tell if I feel like Ahsoka Tano's showing up in the next episode. Cause it sure felt like it. I think that's what you want, but we both know Dave Filoni is directing episode five this season. Uh, so it's probably gonna be episode five. Uh, we did talk about that. There were, there was a lot of conversation about when she was going to show up and yeah. Ahsoka being literally a creation of him. He, you know, yeah. she's probably going to show up. In episode oh, five. right. I, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I figured like she would be teased at the end of next episode. And mm-hmm. then in featured in the following episode, I think we get we get our first look of her in, in maybe not even her full face, but like we'll know it's her. Yeah, from, yeah, from, yeah. from the from the robe and the you know skin tone of that chin sticking out. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll probably yeah. we'll probably get like a glimpse of her, or maybe maybe they'll do a reveal like they did to Boba Fett. But we're not getting we're not we're not spreading them cheeks this week, boys. You know what I mean? We're yeah. not we're not getting the the full full insertion. I mean, in any other context, you saying Rosario Dawson and body paint would be enough for, you know, me going six to midnight myself. So gross. <laughs> gross. Thank you. <laughs> You're all welcome. Uh, OK, so Mandalorian season two, we have two more topics, uh, two more big boys to cover. And I'm not sure which one I want to do first. I'm just kidding. I want to talk about the lighthouse. Excellent. Great. Uh, I've watched this film. Just today, just a, a, a mere few hours ago, and I have lots of things I think about it. Um, Derek, I want you to I want you to talk about it first. That's Absolutely funny. not. You guys already know how I feel about it. I like yeah, the, the movie. The, I want to hear how what you think about it. I want you to set the stage. All right. OK. <laughs> the Lighthouse is a uh, throwback to classic horror. We're talking classic, classic. This thing is shot in black and white, mostly just black, actually. Um, it's in, I don't even know what the dimensions are called, but it's, you're watching a square. All right. It's called, it's called unwatchable dimensions. <laughs> uh, it's it, Scott. Do you remember a lot of people jerking off in a shed in classic car movies, uh, failing to, I, I believe it's called letterbox. Style? I believe that format is called letterbox for cunts. <laughs> it is. Look, let me just say something. It's it's very artisan fartisan. I'm not hiding. I'm sorry. That. I didn't I didn't ask you to go first so that we, so good. I didn't ask you to go first so that we can interject constantly. I apologize. No, I actually it's, it's perfectly okay. It's all right. Nothing that anyone could say is ever going to change my opinion on this excellent fucking movie. It's you feel the sense of claustrophobia, of paranoia. Cotton. It, yeah. It's I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It's great. You just got to watch it. Uh, Robert Eggers made it. The other movie he did is called The Witch. People call it The Vich because it's stylized with two V's. Um, his whole thing is he kind of like fixates on a very specific time uh, in a very specific place and really hones in on like superstition, lore, stuff like that of that time period. So uh, with The Vich, it was like witches during. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, the Vich. It's, it's, people know what you're talking about when you say it like that. Yeah. What, what's um, his name again? Robert what? Robert Eggers, E G G E R S. Okay. I don't know if it, it might be Eggers, but it's definitely Eggers, no, no, see, right? I thought, <laughs> I, 
I thought I thought his thing was wasting hours of your time and then <laughs> spitting in your face for the final scene of the movie and giving you no reward for the time you, you've invested. How in is it. it not a reward? I don't understand. <laughs> what was in the fucking light, Derek? It, 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 Show it, me. It's, it's truth. It's whatever you want it to be. It, it, that's the thing. It's interpretable. Oh. I wanted, fact, I wanted to be a, a clear, concise narrative. Yeah, you <laughs> call, get, you call it. You call it interpretable. You guys are used to movies that do all the thinking for you, but sometimes no, no, you just have no, to form no, an no, opinion. No, no, it's, it's called it's, fucking it's, critical analysis, Scott. All right, it's a great ending. No, it's not. You call it, it interpretative. I call it lazy as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 not it's not that our feeble minds can't like wrap around the the. It's just like to me, it's just like well, fuck. We dug this hole. We literally buried somebody in it. We buried. <laughs> how, how the fuck do we finish this? Like, dude, like the first half of this movie, like it, it had moments that were kind of like weird and quirky. Like I, I've said it before, it reminds me of like a 70s sitcom without the laugh tracks. Like if I love, if I love Lucy yeah. didn't have the laugh track, think about how creepy and weird that mo- that that show would be. And parts of this, like the, the parts where they're interacting in the social space remind me of that. But there there is in the first half of the movie, this. This feeling of dread that builds, you can make it yeah, yeah. that the claustrophobia is in, in part due to the way it's shot, the fact that it's such a tight fucking frame yeah. all the time. That's true. Uh, but it, like, I feel like it was this incredible buildup that, that just didn't pay off for me. And it, it's not that it didn't pay off. I couldn't put two and two together. I couldn't figure out what it like, but it's just, it's, it felt like it was building to something and it, it just didn't get there. Mm-hmm. So I understand what he was going for. I also and I also when I said I had watched it today, you were like, why are you? That's a really heavy movie to watch it like a two, like 2 p.m. on a Sunday. And I was thinking, you know what? I do have to be in a specific mood to watch this. And that mood is fucking depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. It's a little too harsh. The the sense of I absolutely felt. OK, maybe it's not too harsh, but this, <laughs> I, the sense of dread this guy talked about, I absolutely felt like I said, he's a good director. I just didn't like what he directed. Yeah. <laughs> I Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson, wonderful actors. They did a really great job. I mean, um, there, there's a, the the sense of dread and paranoia that just consistently builds and builds and builds. It makes the movie difficult to watch, but not because I actively disliked most of it, which I did, but because <laughs> it's it makes you uncomfortable, you know, and that's what he's going for. And I get that. I really do. I understand the entire the like Scott said the letterboxing. I, you were making a joke about that being a reason it's called that was a choice specifically to do that. I'm sure to make us feel trapped mm-hmm. on this island with nobody there. Um, the the scene where he kills the fu- he never hurt a seabird yeah, or whatever. The scene where he bad literally luck to kill a seabird. <laughs> he whips. Come on, guys. He whips that fucking <laughs> seagull against that rock. <laughs> Like it's oh, Jesus Christ, like it's a like it's a skip it or something around his ankle. Like he's just bashing it against him. so hardcore that it lo- it becomes comical. There are some weird choices that I have hard time even understanding on an artistic level. Like I can the mood, of course, the setting. I, I kind of was annoyed that I felt like I was squinting at an eye chart. eye exam chart the entire time to see what was going on. But I get it. I, I did really understand what he was going for. The farting. <laughs> That's just good old tootin', baby. That's just good times. Just tootin', rootin', tootin'. <laughs> Once again, I understand Be- because he specifically mentions it, right? When they have their full like, "fuck it, let's have you it all out." Farts, <laughs> exactly. And when he said that, I went, "Okay," but you already there was plenty of other shit to use to base your anger at him off of, and the the farting was such a weird choice for me because every time he did it, I was like. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. I'm a, I'm a child. 
So farting's still funny to me as a 33-year-old It was man. supposed to be. And let me just say that. It was supposed to be. Like, that was the difference between the Vich and this, is that, like, the Vich was really just heavy throughout. And I actually still liked that one, but not nearly as much. Um, but there were really parts in this one where you, you kind of mix the dread with a little bit of humor, and it doesn't always hit. I get that. I did love the part where he freaks out. He goes, the Hark! And goes yeah. on this tangent for, like, two minutes. And Robert Pattinson's just like, all right, have it your way. I like your cooking. <laughs> it's like little things like that. Like I thought were nice. Um, I thought, by the way, that scene is fantastic. It's so when he's it's when so he's gross. literally cursing him to the depths of the sea for like, I don't know, two minutes straight. Yeah. Just I, I keep going like, all right. And it's all get it. one <laughs> shot. One shot. It never ends. It's all just Defoe high and tight right here. Just. The, the problem. So here's my. OK, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, 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 my no, my okay. biggest issue with this film we have Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, like I said, doing a masterclass job at acting with the stuff they are given. They are, however, overshadowed by the biggest character in this film, which is pretentiousness. And <laughs> the like, literally, you said like artisan fartisan, and I know you were kidding, but it is like a hey, look at me, I'm making a classic horror film. And then you're like, okay, cool, I see what you're going for. Then why is there a mermaid vagina <laughs> right smack in the middle? Like they just show it. Like they they have scenes where they they show him finding the mermaid, and I was like, okay, she's got nice nips. I can I can be down with this scene. And then you got and that then, mermaid puss. You got that mussy, dude. Later on, <laughs> oh, he has no! that nightmare. <laughs> mussy. <laughs> full muss, dude. Eggers goes full mussy, bro. Would it be mer mer uh, mussy? <laughs> he really did, and, it, and I just have to say, beautiful design on the mussy. <laughs> no, I, I, let me just say, listen. I, I I was not kidding when I said it's artisan fartisan. It is pretentious. It is uh uh. It presents itself as high art. It takes itself very seriously, probably too seriously sometimes. I'm not arguing that, but like for me, and and when people don't like it, like let me just be real. When people don't like this movie. I totally get it. I get it 100%. <laughs> I just happen to really enjoy it. It hit all the right notes for me. Um, but it's very, very, very highbrow. Were all those notes the brown notes? All brown <laughs> notes. All just toots. Toots and mussies, dude. Nothing but toots and mussies all the way down. <laughs> Two, episode eight, toots and mussies. Oh, my God. Uh, I think, I don't know, man. Like, it's, again, like, like I thought it started off strong. It wasn't, it wasn't what I expected it to be though. Like, like the trailers I saw painted it as if it was gonna be like this, this just tense, never ending build of dread. Uh, but it, it, it didn't like, like you said, like, like the farting took me out of it a lot. Like a lot of, a lot of their performances came off as comedic to me. And I, and I just was not anticipating that. Like, that's why I said, like, it seemed like a, a sitcom without a laugh track, like just a bad, uncomfortable, weird conversations. And I know I get that that's part of it. Um, but it just, I don't know, man, it, I don't know how you start off that strong and like you're building this moment, this, this tense moment where like they're trapped on the island. They don't know when help's coming. Like they, they've been trapped in the rain for days and days and days. And somehow like you, you transition to like burying Willem Dafoe in the dirt as like a sight gag. I, I, I thought of like Step Brothers when Will Ferrell's burying John C. Burying John C. Riley. He's like, shut up. You're <laughs> burying you like quiet. Like, I'm just like, it's so over the top. Like it takes itself seriously until it doesn't at all. And I'm just like, where did all that? Yeah. Where did all that tension? Where did all that that like you had me? But where did it go? That's the thing. Like I, I, I know 
they tried to cut the tension a little bit as like a reprieve to the audience with the stuff like the farts. But to me, I'm like, if you're going to go just full bore, like just make it uncomfortable the entire time, because even if it's hard to watch, like I appreciate the fact that you just made this fucking thing that's difficult to get through. Yeah. And some of it really is like so, I actually like the Willem Dafoe scene like getting him getting buried while he's fucking trying to talk. Like I was like, Oh, yeah, this is the sand is creepy. like in his fucking mouth and eyes. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It made it. Yeah. It made me feel real weird on the inside, but that's how like the first 20 minutes of the movie made me feel. And then he farted for the first time. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, where the fuck did that so come basically from? Basically the it, farts ruins an otherwise enjoyable <laughs> experience for you. Honestly, at least 90% of my problems with this movie are the fucking farts that they pepper throughout. Let's make this the, the Chris cut where we just yank all the farts out of it. Uh, no, it, it is. I, it, it's very interpretable. And, and most people generally hate highly interpretable movies all the time. I hate them a lot of the times. For whatever reason, I really like this one. I felt like they were building this tension between the two characters where like, they're both lying constantly to one another. We, the viewer, have no idea uh, what's true and what isn't. Um, Willem Dafoe is like gaslighting Robert Pattinson, uh, saying like, oh, I didn't destroy the boat. You just destroyed the boat. And there's been so much lying happening throughout the movie that, that at that point, like me as a viewer, I'm like, well, did he like or is it did they just present to us that Willem Dafoe did when it really was Rob Pat? Like, who fucking knows? And so I thought that, like, it gave you enough substance to decide for yourself, whatever it was that Rob Pat saw in the lighthouse at the end. So for me, it was truth. Um, the more that his character tells the truth to Willem Dafoe, the more crazy they get. They start drinking like oil and shit just to get drunk. Um, so that to me was like a, uh, him ultimately accepting the truth of himself, which killed him. He's kind of slowly going more and more mad as he's admitting that, like, he he watched his dad die. No, actually, he killed his dad. And now he uh, escaped with a fake alias and blah, blah, blah. And all the while, he's getting crazier and crazier. And I felt like that was the culmination of him admitting to himself, wow, I'm a scumbag. I'm a bad fucking person. And I can't run away from this. So that's how I interpreted the ending. Yeah. No, I mean, again, I got the same things from it. And I liked the slow burn to madness a lot. I did. I just, it, it, I, I, the movie felt like it. I felt like the director thought unnecessarily, I might add that he had to like break the tension every so often and pull me out of it. And that is what ultimately ruined most of it for me. That also, um, the seeing the, the truth or whatever at the end, I would have been cool if he saw that light and was horrified at what he saw. And then as he fell down the stairs, he did not die from it people showed up to relieve them and he had to like come to terms in front of these people with all the bad shit he had just done and see himself for what he is like just him falling. And then the movie cutting, I was like, Oh fuck you. That was like, to me, that was just such a lazy, like I, I'm, I was kind of kidding. I don't need to see what's in the fucking light, but like he just falls down the stairs in the credits roll. Like, so again, that- <laughs> like as far as interpretation goes, I'm sorry to cut you off, but they, it, it, there's a, the theme of, uh, um, that he's, in a Sisyphean hell and that he essentially becomes Thomas Wake when he falls from the lighthouse and that he's essentially now Willem Dafoe's character because as he falls, he snaps his leg, which is the same leg that Thomas Wake has been limping on the whole time. Never confirmed or anything, but it's something that's kind of played around with. 
So I hate that I'm about to fall into the trope of something that you said to me earlier, where you said, do you really need everything explained to you? I would have loved if they showed him wake up and he was. Yeah. Thomas. Yeah. No, I get that. It's just a, even a split second, even if it was like uh, they showed him falling on the stairs and they, they like very, you know, camera focused on that leg that was broken. And then the sh- the I'm sorry, I'm, I'm fucking stammering over here. The shot cut to the same leg but in bed and then he wakes up and he's Thomas and, I, and yeah. then black. That's fine for me too because you're like, what the fuck was that? But I would still have something to chew because, on. Uh, yeah, no, I yeah, get yeah. I get it. Um, ultimately, I thought it was one of the weirdest movies I've ever fucking seen and uh, I, I did not, I will never watch it again. <laughs> I <laughs> Also fair. Uh, and, and overall, I would never recommend it to anybody that they should watch it either. Uh, but I, I, like I said, I, I see what they were going for. And some of that stuff, despite not liking it, worked. Just it's such a weird thing to describe because like I didn't like it. I, I actively disliked it, in fact, but I can still say it was well shot. Extremely and like well I, the shot, director, yeah. the director, fuck, did he continue to nail point? or nail home his point that he was trying to get across about the paranoia and all the shit. And I just, there was I just, I just choices in that movie that I just fucking hated. That's all I have to say about it. I guess I don't, I would absolutely Ooh. recommend it to people. I will continue to do so. <laughs> you recommended it to uh, me and, I, and I'm safe. still mad about it. <laughs> You're going to die mad about it. Cause it's, yeah. it's, I, I know we always rate the podcast, but uh, how would you guys rate the film? Give me four out of five. Five out of five ah. Willem Dafoe cum shots gooping through the grates. Oh, no, I forgot about yeah. that. Now you don't. Now you remember. I would give this I would give this film one out of five uh, high school play curtain mermaid puss mussies. <laughs> yeah, I would give it one out of five lonely, uncomfortable, cold handies in a shack by the river or a shack by the shoreline in a van down by the river. <laughs> Like, can you imagine, like, how, how do you even beat off when you just hear the world outside tearing the building down around? Like, how do you fucking... How do you Maybe that's how he out? got there. That's what brought him well, there. Who knows? I was know? going to say, uh, he he obviously, he couldn't finish, right? That was like, he didn't, he like fell over upset that he couldn't yeah. tug one out while imagine he was a fucking nor'easter. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, if there are no final thoughts on that thing, uh, we have our last subject here, which is The Last of Us 2. And I, I said this earlier, but it might feel out of context to some of you who are just tuning in. We've been uh, Scott and I finished this, I think, when it came out. Scott had started playing through it again a second time. Derek just finished this and we all have thoughts on it. And I'm not going to go first. Uh, Scott, if you're OK with it, I'd like you to. Ha- ha- general overview first, just like we do for Mandalorian episodes, what you <laughs> liked about the game. And then I want Derek to dive into what he didn't like. Um, I mean, we're, we kind of just talked about a movie that that whether or not you think it's an enjoyable experience, it's an experience, right? It's something like it may not be like. What I'll say is The Last of Us Part Two was not the story I wanted. It wasn't the game I expected. Uh, you know, when the when the leaks first came out, where they you know showed us what was going to happen to Papa Joel. Uh, and you know, when, when all these little, like little spoilers had leaked out, I had it in my head that I was going to hate this game. It was going to be like some try hard, transparent, thinly veiled nonsense. 
And within my first like few hours playing the game, I was just blown away. Like it wasn't what I wanted. I was upset by them killing off Joel, but then I became like, I don't know, man. I became like just dr like drawn in. Like it, it was one of these things that was at points actively painful to get through. It was upsetting. Uh, it may, it makes you question every decision you make as you play with both characters back and forth. Uh, there's no clear. Everything's in a morally gray area with it. Um, and it's it's hard to talk about as an overall without digging into it, to be honest with you. Uh, it wasn't the story I wanted, but by the end of it, uh, I have to say, I think it was narratively one of the most interesting games I've ever played. Uh, I was not expecting half of the things that... I was not expecting half the shit that happened to happen the way that it did. Uh, yeah. I, can, I can agree that maybe the way it was presented was a little bit, you know, a little bit hard to digest. If we had, if we had jumped back and forth maybe more frequently... Yeah. Uh, instead of just you know finish a campaign as player A, finish a campaign as player B, maybe it would have been um, you know more time to get more to get more attached to those characters as it stretched out over a longer period of time. If you like, yeah. uh, the way it was presented might may, may, may have been uh, not the best way to present it, but the story overall, man, I thought was I thought was really well done, and I loved it. Yeah. Uh, before we let uh, Derek kind of dig his claws into it, uh, <laughs> I I so I I saw the leaks come out. And I, I think I remember seeing you post something about it, yeah. uh, about how you didn't like them. Um, I actively avoided looking up what they were. I uh, typically I can't fucking help myself. But for this game, I did not want to know. So I didn't I didn't know going into it what they were going to do. And there are a couple points. And I, like you said, it's difficult to kind of discuss the game without going over specific instances of things. But as an example, something that sticks out to me a lot in this game, um, besides the story being one that. I agree 100%. It was not the story I expected, nor even the one I wanted. But ultimately, it was a story that I felt uh, I found very compelling. And overall, as a theme of everybody's done bad shit and everybody's viewpoint is different. But ultimately, that doesn't make somebody evil. Like you have to live. You know, it's, it's like the, the trope of like walk a mile in someone else's shoes, that kind of shit. And like watching these people kind of work through their fucking demons as you control them and actively do shit you don't want to do, but you have to, because there's no other way forward. Like you're going to have to hit that fucking button, yeah. whether you like it or not to get through this scene. You have two choices. You can turn the fucking game off and never finish it, or you can watch this horrible thing that they're making you do. Yeah. Um, and, and it, you know, it makes you feel like an accomplice or a witness to a murder scene. And in some instances actually is what they have you do. It's worse when you but, have to kill dogs, man. That's the worst part. Uh, that's pretty bad. Yeah. And it's it, like just a developer aside, like having those people like call out rando names of like dogs that you kill or people that you take down is really effective in making you feel like a giant bag of shit. Yeah, uh, it meant but, nothing so, to me. It meant nothing wow. to just laughable. Na Karen, I'm like, all right, glad I wrecked. Good. Who cares? Bye, Karen. She ran <laughs> at me thing with a uh, fucking baseball bat with a spike through it. What was I supposed to do? I don't care about Karen. That's, that's so out of character for Karen. Usually she just leaves a scathing Yelp review. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's so. Yeah, that's her baseball bat with a spike through it. It's just surprising. It's how Negan named Lucille. Her, yeah. her, her bat was named Yelp. Right. I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, she still had that short Bob haircut, even in the apocalypse. I'm not sure how. Um, the one point I was going to make there before before Derek goes is there's a. The sort of like diverting my expectations, they they kind of build up to the moment. There's so the, the whole thing of like what Joel did to save Ellie in the first game, the whole like first half of the game, you think Ellie doesn't know. And at some point mid game, they reveal to you that she's known for years. And in fact, 
has been holding it against him. And it's part of the reason she feels this rage to avenge him because of the guilt she feels towards pushing him out of her life in those last couple of years. And she had just tried to start mending the fucking wound when he was murdered. And when it like, it wasn't like a mind blowing, like it's been you the whole time, like kind of reveal, but it fucking blew me away because I was like, oh my God, this whole, this whole half of this game, I thought she had no fucking idea. And that, and the moment she finds out was going to be one of those emotional payoffs that we're looking forward to. And in fact, that's not the fucking case. And it recolors and recontextualizes the entire first half of the game. And it, it, it recolors the rest of the game too, when you're playing as Abby. And I, I thought that that was just one example of the storyline doing things in a, in a unique way that I haven't seen done in a video game and in fact made the story so compelling to me that I, I felt like there, I had no choice but to get through the in the entire fucking thing uh, eat up every portion of story content uh, but I'm rambling Derek uh, how did you feel about it I actually feel like most of what happened was super predictable with knowing that Joel dies so I feel like if I hadn't known that I wouldn't have started because th- all right let, let, let me just start here like for instance you hear that Joel gets killed. And so what's the first thing you think? Well, who kills him and why? And so like immediately for me, the first thing that I thought was, well, somebody who has a family member that Joel killed. And so initially when I started off and they kind of don't tell you why Abby's mad, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm wrong. And then like 10 hours into the game, I was like, oh, no, he killed her dad. Like it's, that's exactly what it was. Um, same thing. You start off the game. There's like this distance between Ellie and Joel. That's where my mind went to initially. How did the last game end with Joel lying to her, to her face when it starts off and they have this like gap between them. It's like, all right, well, Ellie found out, obviously those aren't the reasons. Those aren't the things that, uh, kind of made me not have the best experience with this game. Um, but it just felt like, let me say the things that I really liked about it. The environments were incredible, absolutely incredible. It's the same thing that was great about the first game, and it was even better in this one. Graphics, yeah. mocap, everything was fucking A1. Uh, yeah. Voice acting, incredible. Like, I can't think of one voice actor that, like, just sucked. And you always have at least a couple in any video game. Um, they were all, <laughs> really, though, I mean, they, they were great. Yeah. Um, that being said, like, a lot of the, the, the only character to me Everybody seems like they've been on SSRIs for too long. Everybody except for Abby. Like, it takes you three hours to get one clip of ammo for your fucking pistol. But apparently there's Lexapro everywhere because nobody has any personality or soul in their voice. Nobody is more guilty of that than fucking Owen. Every time he talked, like, there could be fires, everyone explosions. He's just like, Abby, we have to get out of here. It's like, my God, dude, like, what's wrong? Is everything okay? That just felt like every character to me. Like, they all felt flat. Even Ellie, most of the time, when she really needed to have like an like an impacting moment, she was good. Um, but just in the passing point A to point B things where she's talking with whatever her name was, her girlfriend, um, none of it was ever convincing. She just sounded like she was sedated. Uh, I will say that I did have a bit of an affinity for Abby. Her storyline was good. Um, it tricked you, didn't it? In what capacity? Well, uh, we we t- I'm sorry to cut you off. I, no, 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 I'm no. a fucking dick. We talked very uh, heavily offline about this game. Just contextualize for everybody. We haven't actually had this like roundtable discussion, uh, but we have had conversations about it. And one of the things that I said was I was like, ah, you know what? Like when I first played the game, 
they really kill the momentum. And that's still true for me. Like as much as I love the game, having played the entire thing, when they cut right in the middle uh, to then I I was uh, playing as Abby. I'm like, all right, it was another like, well, like maybe in 40 minutes to an hour of gameplay for her. And then I'm like, oh, we have skill trees. Like, oh, yeah. oh, shit. OK, but it feels like they put you back to the beginning and it really does. It really does kill the kind of momentum. But by the end of her story, I loved Abby. Like you said, like we saw her her arc and where she comes from. Uh, and I, I just, you know, I agree. But I, I was to say, like, it, when you first start playing as her, I'm kind of like, OK, really? Like, I get it. You're going to show me she's not that bad. And at the end, I like really loved her character yeah and that's why i said like this surprised you and, and and even i will say this like even after i had beaten it and i still had bad things to say about abby i had watched i'm like let me just see if i'm like a crazy person turns out a lot of people like it and a lot of people don't like it um but one <laughs> video that i had watched said that basically like when you're playing as abby you're essentially going through what you went through with uh joel in the first one where like she comes across this kid she really doesn't have any reason to care about something happens and she just does. And it's almost like maybe that's what Ellie saw in Abby, that she kind of did what Joel did for her with, uh, I think the kid's name was Lynn or Len or something. I can't remember. Um, and I thought that was a neat way to sort of bring the lesson of, uh, Lev, I think Lev. Lev. Okay. The lesson of, um, uh, last of us one, like into the set. I just never really thought of it like that. I thought that was an interesting kind of way to show, Ellie, that same thing externally. But overall, yeah. I still didn't really like it. It was kind of boring. A, a to B, like B might have been good, but like everything in between was just like a lot of it was just boring to me. I didn't think the combat was that great. Like, I know a what? lot of people love the combat. Yeah. Mm. Stealth is like really slow. And I don't know. It's just not my. I thing. mean, stealth, stealth is slow if you play like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 like, uh, I get, I get where you're coming from, but to me, like this whole thing was literally, it was just, it was showing that both, both people had lost everything in in a quest for revenge. You know what I mean? Like, like Abby's quest for revenge ended up costing her every single person that she, that she, almost every single person she knew and loved, except for Lev. Uh, at the end, I think that's, I think Lev's all that Abby has left, right? Like she's, she's, she lost her kind of guy friend? yeah yeah uh, got his his uh pregnant girlfriend killed like she's lost everything and so has abby or not so, sorry so has ellie mm-hmm. yeah, ellie even loses loses one of her fingers in the process of the final fight that she, so she can't even play guitar anymore and guitar was the one right. thing she had that reminded her of joel yeah. Yeah. that was so impactful Dude, to me yeah yeah like, like, not, yeah and it's just it, and to me like it's, it's you watch you watch uh ellie lose everything and at the end, refuse to lose what's left of who she was before this. And like, I get that 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 might be a tired trope. Like, it, it might be like, oh, I'm not going to lose myself to my hate. We see we've seen it in Star Wars, but it, it you know, it, it's it was so impactful because because of all the little things that were that seemed symbolic to me, like the finger, uh, you know, Ellie coming back to an empty house, and like she's all she has left, but she still has herself. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and and maybe her seeing a reflection of Joel in Abby is a part of it. That's something I hadn't even thought of, which honestly makes me want to replay, like replay that end again, or look forward to replaying the end again because maybe I'll I'll notice more subtle nods to that. But it, it, to me, it was this thing where you built up these two characters, you show Ellie doing all these things, and you feel vindicated, you feel like self righteous. You're like, fuck all these people; these are fucking monsters. You're 
Yeah. You feel bad about killing the dogs, but that's about it when you're playing as, as Ellie. I've never, never, until I shot the pregnant girl, I was never like upset. I was like, fuck all these people. And then you go back and you play through with Abby and they're all humanized and they're all, they're all three dimensional. They're all like, like real. And, and most of them are kind people who are just on the opposite side of the spectrum from you. You know what I mean? Like they're not bad. They're not all bad people. They're not all zealots. They're not all monsters. They're not all bandits. They're just on the, on the opposite side of the field. You know what I mean? And it's just right. like, to see them all humanize and realize what Ellie had done, I felt by the end of the end, Ellie's a monster. My thought during the final battle is, please don't kill Abby. Like, don't fucking do it. Like, this is like you're the only chance you have left at not being the biggest piece of shit in this game. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it's just like to me that that last battle, I was. And so listen, that yeah, last battle was incredible. The battle itself, I'm sorry to cut you off. This is very brief. Yeah. The battle itself was fucking incredible. Like yeah. with the rain, and you're at like knee deep in the water. Like it was so intense and abby was like like a shell of her former self yeah. because she was completely malnourished and you're like you're like yeah. you're you're still coming up to her with a knife trying to attack this person that is barely surviving because of the anger that burns inside of you like there are so many moments in the story i like uh, god i i it's hard for me to fathom how you disliked it there are so many heartbreaking moments that again i like this choice by the developers to just force you to be the uncomfortable passenger in this storyline when when you realize that she's going to leave the house like when you realize that she's got this perfect idyllic situation with the person she loves in a in a beautiful house they're secure they are happy they have everything they need they have the farmstead they were talking about when you realize that she can't fucking let it go and she has to leave again and I felt so sad for her. I was so fucking heartbroken yeah. that they were doing that to her. Like when, when she walked out to the barn and she starts to have like PTSD. That part was great, by the way. That the PTSD if, if, in the barn was excellent. Yeah. I I just uh I I don't know. And here's the weird thing to me. Whenever we talk about this game, <laughs> and you're like, I didn't like it. You're always like, you're like, what do you like? Well, let me start off by saying the environment's amazing. The voice actors are great. The graphics, you know, they're mind blowing. The uh, Abby story is wonderful. The shit in the barn is great, but I fucking hated the game. <laughs> no, I, 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 that's it's, it. I didn't hate the game as a whole, though. Like, that, that, not, like I didn't hate every component of the game is what I'm saying. I can find something I like about almost anything. Um, but I, I, I did like Abby's story. Like I said, though, I felt like almost every single other character was awful. They were boring. Like they were just flat. Like they just talked like this the entire time. Like that's what it felt like to me. Can I ask like you a super no serious character. question? Please. When you sat down with the guitar for the first time, did you play Wonderwall? <laughs> <laughs> did you do it? I, I didn't know you could. I said maybe. You do, yeah. You could like I was literally I was doing like the the full like you know those the top forty chords where like there's yeah. like, like five thousand songs with that same progression. Yeah. Fiddle was literally just shouting out songs in that progression. I was just singing it for like a half hour on stream. It was so <laughs> much hilarious. fun. Uh, it's just, dude, everything, like every single story beat in this, like, again, like it is a very uncomfortable game. It's not the game I wanted. It would be so easy to dislike it for the, th for, for what it is as, as a whole. If I wasn't like, just, it dragged me in, man. Like, like it, again, like imagine playing this game and not knowing that Joel was going to die, having no expectations for that. If the leaks wouldn't have come out, just imagine how, like how unpredictable this game would have been. It probably would have been better, honestly. But I think like that one thing was like the fucking Jenga piece that made the rest of the game super predictable. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we finally aired our, our grievances about that game collectively, and that makes me really happy. I like I'm on the same page as Scott. Like 
I, I would literally turn off uh, the podcast and then just go like circle jerk about how much I love the game with Scott for another half hour. I, I the the story beats in this game. Well, we got nine minutes, buddy. <laughs> the story beats of this game right are, now. Are, are bonus, re- content, bonus content. Bonus content. Bonus <laughs> content. Bonus coombs. Uh, I, I just I don't do like like the we're I'm kind of belaboring the same points. So I'm, you know obviously we're wrapping it up. But like the guitar thing, like you brought it up. The they've beaten it into our heads from the first game even about how meaningful the guitar is between her and Joel. It's a thing that the whole game he plays. She wants to learn how to play. At the end, he says, "I'll teach you." We come into this game. He is actively teaching her and she's not bad. And every chance you get to play guitar is a joy. The way they handled like strumming the chords, yeah, yeah. like they show you the wheel of chords and you get, I thought that was fucking awesome. Like good, like GG developers. This shit was great. Um, and then to see her lose that aspect of her was just like, is she totally fucking gone to the point where going into the last battle, you don't actually know what they're going to have her do. You're like, you're actively, you're, She's doing a good thing. We didn't talk about the compound at the end. She tracks her down. Abby's been captured and she's freeing all these people who are under this terrible rule. And you're like, yeah, we're okay. This is the LEI. Remember, like, fuck these guys. They really are bad. Like they're keeping these people as slaves to do their fucking bidding. Uh, And you're like, oh, great. And then at the end, you, you are forced to be reminded that she's doing all of this out of rage and revenge. And she's looking for someone who's who's being apparently tortured by these people and left out to die by the fucking ocean side. Nah. And uh, it's just such a powerful narrative that culminates in this, in this really uncomfortable final fight where you don't want either side to win or lose. You just want them to fucking stop. Yeah. And I, I thought, I thought I that thought was- that made the ending less impacting though. I think that it would have been a more track. I don't like when everybody wins in the end. I, I think it's, I like bittersweet endings. Um, and it would have been to me more like, oh, that sucks if she did kill Abby or vice versa out of this misunderstanding. They're both people who've just been wrapped up in pain their whole lives. And that cycle of pain just keeps going rather than just like, you know, everybody, I don't know, shaking well, I mean, hands and be like, actually, it's OK. I was strangling you, but now I'm OK with it. I, I and, and I get why she did it. It was a snap decision. It was like, just get away from me. She realized she was being like the scumbag that she was trying to kill. I get it. I understand all of it. I just think it would have been better if one of them had to bite it. There was no ha- there was been- no happy ending for anybody though. They both had like they, it just wasn't the most miserable possible consequence. Right. Like Abby like Abby lost everything. Ellie lost like we don't know where Abby's going. We don't know where her her and Lev are going to go. Ellie went home to an empty house. She lost her family. She lost all of her friends. She lost her community. Yeah, was uh, what was her name? Dina? Was she not there? Yeah. I don't yeah, she, Dina was, yeah, she was gone. Dina, Dina left her. She said, yeah. yeah. Said if you if, if we do this again, I can't stay for it. You know, and then and true to her word, she fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she dipped. So to, to me, I don't, I don't read it as like an all's well that ends well. It's it's like everything's fucked, but yeah. I but I still have me because like I could have lost myself to this too. Her her yeah. her cutting her down, like she's on a pylon left to die. Think about the the mindset it takes to cut someone down so you can be the one to kill them. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, think about how dark it's and fucking fucked rough. that is. And like, yeah. and, the, and the fact that she was at that point, and somehow, like, somehow, still like manages to turn turn it around. Like th- to me, like it was. I don't feel like it was predictable. Like I like like up up that entire fight. I thought I was gonna end up killing Abby. I thought that's what was gonna. I, I hoped not. Like you said, I want you just wanted it to stop. I wanted it to stop. I'm playing actively, and I'm like I'm pushing the button. I'm cringing as I'm pushing the buttons to do these. Yeah, horrible, you're like you're like please come on. Like just yeah, fucking yeah, just, give I'm up. just like, like fuck. Don't don't fucking do it. Like as I'm doing, I'm like don't do it. And like no game has ever had me in that place before mentally where I'm like fighting. I'm actively fighting a boss 
that I don't want to I don't want to win against. Like that's never happened to me in any game I've ever played in my entire life. And and that right. that to me is why it hits so hard. I'm just like even if the story even if the story is predictable, it still doesn't make it hit me personally any less than it would have, you know, if I hadn't seen it coming. Uh it's just like the fact that I cared as much as I did about both these characters, they both were, you know, imperfect people. They both live somewhere in the gray area between good and bad. But again, intent is everything. Neither one of them started out, you know, as a bad person. They both, like you said, have lived in pain their whole lives for for a majority of their lives. Uh, And we don't, we don't even really know what life was like for Ellie before Joel. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Aside from, aside from the, the, the DLC of the first game, we have no idea. We we only scratched the surface on, on Ellie's like, long history of pain before uh the last was part one so it's like there's so much to these characters and it feels like we only we only peel back a certain amount of layers but there's still so much in the layers that we get and it, yeah. to me to me it felt like these were just so like these characters were so well written predictable predictable or not you could say it's because of spoilers or or not but all their motivations felt genuine everything nothing felt to me like it was just it was there to be a plot device everything had meaning everything had every action every conversation convinced me and it, it had me fall in love with two people that I should, I should be, I should be able to pick a side, you know, especially given how much time I spent with Ellie in the first game. And yeah. the fact that I wasn't able to, by the end of this one, I think says a lot about the narrative, about the way they told the story and about how compelling the characters were written and ha- how well they were played. I, I think it's a testament to the writing that like for the next game, I actively want the Abby and Lev team up. Uh, and I, I don't want Ellie. Like she's, I've seen her story and while See, yes, that she has would have been cool. That's what I'm saying. Like that. That's to me like the totally out of left field. Like Abby ends up fucking uh, somehow besting Ellie, even though she's all like weak and emaciated. And then guess what? In uh, game three, we're not either of the characters that we played it as game one. We're a totally new thing. Well, I still I feel like would it cool. would be focused on Abby and Levin three. I mean, maybe they somehow wrap into Ellie's story just to, so we all know how she's doing. But like, but you have the perfect. The Last of Us formula, it, it like it works with a two person yeah. duo like Abby and Lev. And I, and I feel like Lev is such an interesting character, like the backstory and everything coming from that kind of cult and being ostracized because of, of the type of person that Lev is. Uh, I, I thought the whole the whole thing was fucking fantastic. And and I just want to say, since we're, we're kind of wrapping up our final thoughts on this game, I wish I could live just for like an hour inside of the weird dichotomy of Derek's head oh, okay. where you can, <laughs> where you can effusively heap praise on the lighthouse and then shit on this game. Like, I, I just want to uh, be likewise, in there. I don't know how you can like, it, like enjoy subtext in a game like this and not enjoy something like <laughs> the lighthouse. It's like beyond. I me. said, I, uh, yeah. Enjoy is definitely the furthest word I would. Yeah. I would and he gave it a one out of five <laughs> motherfucker. Okay. I remember. Well, both of you did. that was just a joke rating. I mean, I would no. definitely give it more than one. I out of 100% five. double down on the one out of, one out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, like, my closing note before we get before we get away from from uh, The Last of Us is that, like, I just want to say when things are predictable, it doesn't like card it out for me. Like, I don't mind when things are predictable because you can always make the argument like, well, like every story has been told before. Every story's probably been told 10 times before. So you're going to see like similarities and whatnot. Things being predictable isn't the issue. What bothers me is when they act like they do have a rabbit in a hat because then it makes me think, all right, well, then. I shouldn't be considering the most uh, uh, obvious thing. And then when it ends up being that thing, I'm just like, all right, that was kind of cheap a little bit. And that's just how I felt the first, I don't know, however many hours of it, of the game that it was, where they're kind of like not telling you why Abby was mad at Joel. Uh, I just hated that. Like they should have just right out of the gate. 
right? When she's smashing, that's for killing my dad. Then I'd be like, fuck yeah. Fuck Joel. I'm with you already. Like, but yeah, just, but, but, I'm sorry, but, but her, like her, like, at, like verbally saying that would be like one of the things where we would all cringe so hard that we would like, I, I'm not saying exactly like that, okay. but I mean, like in, <laughs> in some capacity, that same sentiment. All right. Well, uh, yeah. All right. That, that was. I actually liked that conversation. I was worried because we've had so many offline, like drunken rants and, and chats about it that we were going to like have nothing to say about it. But I, I mean, I genuinely love the narrative of that game so much that I, I could I could uh, I could just talk. I could talk about how good it is forever. Uh, all right. We're going we're gonna to wrap things up here. With that being said, I, I just want to bring to attention before we sign off one more thing. Uh, you can hit us up. On Twitter at the Schmeg Nerd. You can ask us questions with hashtag AskTCN. You can email us at questions at the cynicalnerd.com. Jesse, I hope our lighthouse conversation was at least entertaining. I love if you, nothing Jesse. else. You're correct. Thank you for the yeah, thank you for the question. I really appreciate it. I still was gonna get it framed. I still am. I just don't have it this week. Uh I I printed it. I have ideas. You just you just fucking wait. Um one more time just for just for Jesse, I gotta do one thing because we don't know if, if this is if the previous section that we may have a technical difficulty with will make the cut. Yeah. I gotta I gotta give it one. Sigourney Weaver's puckering butthole. <laughs> it's for you, Jesse. Jesse gave me a phrase of the week. He gave me a phrase of the week. He's like, hey, Meg, if you can work this into casual conversation at any point, do it. I'm like, you got it, buddy. You tell me what nice. you want to hear. <laughs> I like I like those ideas. Yeah, That's pretty, yeah. It's pretty and good. I, so just just again, in case in case we have uh, a case, our technical difficulty means it's not included in the final podcast. I did very coyly, very eloquently, casually slip into the conversation, Jesse. I don't know how. I don't, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. To the point where uh, my laughter became very real yeah. and uh, and <laughs> alarming. It's, it's just, it's just, like, it's just like an old prospector who like strikes gold, but it, you know, instead of more howdy ding do, it's just Sigourney Weaver's puckering butthole. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like he's got a beard, he's got a hat. You know, you know the type. You've seen him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's uh, old old Wiley Pete or some yeah, shit yeah. like that. That's his name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So with me as always is Derek and Scott. Derek, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch for now and Twitter at Doctor Gloom MD. That's D R G L O O M M D. Nice. And Scott, how about you? Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv <laughs> backslash Swearwolf. That's S W E A R W O L F E. That's Swearwolf with an E. Nice. Uh, and my name is Chris, your gracious host. Uh, uh, every week we come back and talk about all of the silliest shit, and I, I love doing it, and I'm very thankful you guys are here with me today. Uh, you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at TCN Plays. And with that, I think we're going we're gonna to say goodnight, guys. So thank you for your time. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you guys, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, four out of five uh, puckering buttholes. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver buttholes. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the same reference I did earlier. I'm gonna I'm gonna give uh, four out of five mermaid mussies. Ooh, that's a good that alliteration. Uh, yeah, four out of five chafed dick shafts. Oh oh, yeah. what? how's that? How's that a good thing but a bad thing at the same time? Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's up to that's up to the listener. Gonna to give it, gonna out, give it five out of five sloppy shirts in a public public setting. <laughs> yeah, and, and with that, uh, I'm fucking hungry. I'm gonna go get some dinner at the BK Lounge. I'll see you guys next week. Oh, fuck you. Fuck.